Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Damn Sports Show on Stereo with the Young Black and the Sports Desk. I am your boy Q, and I have a message for those who um, didn't listen to Nancy Reagan in the 1980s. Just say no. I am joined tonight by my co-host. Go ahead and tell everyone who you are. What's going on, y'all? It's Lou. Hope everybody had a good week. Good to have you back. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I'm Cashley. Um, back from my vacation slash wrestling outing. Back to give you the recap. And I am every allegation against Vince McMahon. <laughs> Not every allegation. Oh my God. <laughs> what in the world are we doing here? Anyway, um that is Bob the, that is Bob the Builder, aka Greg. Um <laughs> So let's to start this week off, since you, since this, since it's now public news, it's now public news, how is it being a homeowner, a first time homeowner, Mr. 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 Greg? I guess he's not sharing because he hasn't come off feet yet. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, well, uh, definitely congratulations on behalf of the on behalf of the show for um, making your new venture in in you and your family's life um, that investment in your that investment and in, um, generational wealth that's going that is going to come to your yeah, family. Thank you, man. Um, Definitely congratulations on that. I'm not too far behind you, maybe about 10 years. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm about three, four years away. Um, but, and how does it feel? You know, now that, now that you're in, you're, you're getting your, you're getting your home. Isn't that a great feeling to say your home, not something that you're paying rent, but hey, I got a mortgage. I own yeah, this. If it, if it wasn't so fucking expensive. Um, Yesterday, I, I said to myself, drunkenly, that I want to rent. I see why people want to rent. But then I thought about it, like, it, it's not worth it. It's, it's really not worth it. Um, the house I like, um, like I was telling you guys last week, the expenses are just, they're, they're piling up on stuff that people just don't realize. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just kind of nervous. But it's it's nice to walk into a house, even though I haven't really left this house since we got back from vacation. I go into work tomorrow, so I'll see how that commute is. But the metro's a bitch right now, so there's that. But the house, the space is nice. The ability to, you know, be all the way in the basement, and my wife is upstairs, and she can't bother me. I can't bother her. Dope, love it. But yeah, like little expenses and shit. I'm about to just start doing YouTube. And like finding <laughs> tutorials, um, just really quick, I went and we have a room that's like in our basement that they didn't really like put drywall up on. And I price, I got a couple price quotes. One person told me like $2,500. Another person was like $1,200. And in my head, I'm like, you're putting a fucking drywall on a wall. Like technically, if I had the savvy, I would do it myself, but then that requires me to buy the equipment in order to create it, in order to do it. So as somebody who likes to lowball people who I don't want to pay, um, I'm definitely trying to find the lowest price. 
it's so just hard. Me, okay. So let me give you some advice on that. There's a you know the former. It used to be called Angie's List. Now it's called Angie. Go there. Go on there. Make that app oh. your best friend. Oh well, here, I think every week now on the show I'm going to add my own special sport called Next Door. So I discovered that all the Karens, all the people who are just terrible neighbors, all the people who are good neighbors, but you never speak to them, they're all on next door. Yes, they Sometimes are. you have some of the best people who have the best advice. And then you have people like Elizabeth, who had a complaint that someone dropped their dog poop in her trash can. Gets upset okay, right. and... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, would you rather? Okay, so, so would you rather uh, to that to that Karen, aka Elizabeth? Would you rather have it in your yard and you're barefoot out walking and you're walking in your in your yard and you step in dog shit? Yeah. Well, then they put it. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been so bad, Q, if it wasn't her dog walker that put the fucking trash in the trash can, the poop in the trash can. So, so what the hell are you complaining for? She complained on next door because clearly she doesn't have any friends. I'm not going to read the entire thing because it was like three paragraphs long, but I highly suggest just if you enjoy social media or if you're tired of like Instagram and Twitter, just download next door and you'll find out about your entire community. I found out that. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) This lady, (laughs) she had a, like, you know how kids will volunteer to walk your dogs and stuff like that. So she had like a neighborhood kid walking her dog, right? Mm-hmm. And the person, I guess, walks the dog morning, noon, and night, especially since it's the summer, right? So she said that her cap, her uh, camera captured the footage, but she couldn't see it, right? Like I guess it had loaded in her app, only to mm-hmm. find out that the person who put the dog poop in her trash can was the person she paid to pick up the poop and put it in the trash can. See, you know what? Yeah, she just complained because she couldn't see it on her camera. So she was blaming people in the neighborhood and saying, well, this is why you shouldn't put poop in uh, other people's trash cans. And then people were like, well, we live near you and it's the person who walks your dog. And at that point, she had to be proven on how to use the Ring app on her doorbell to find out that it was indeed a little girl who walks her dog. So, yeah. Unreal. 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 Anyway. Um, I want to acknowledge a special guest that's in, the, that's in the audience tonight, listening here on stereo. Coach, good to see you. I hope you enjoy the show. Um, I know you're listening with all the friends down at the spot. Um, please let me know uh, what you think after you listen to the after you listen to this episode. I'm thankful that you are that you're joining us tonight. Uh, feel free to leave a comment if you press the mic button on the bottom. Um, on the bottom panel, you can leave a voice message and we will play it live uh, once we receive it. But thank you again, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And with that being said, um, let's continue with the, the, the catch up for this week. Um, any, I, so the goal here is, is good news. No, no bad news. No, um, no transgender crackheads holding two buses, ho- buses hostage, hostage. Like what I had to go through earlier, trying to get home to record right now. Um, but Lou, some good news to happen to you this week. What happened? Um. Well, um, I 
took a new position at my job. It's the same exact job that I'm doing. Um, I, I am a cook at the uh, Ohio Veterans Home, and I basically just switched shifts. So I went from the night shift to the morning shift. And the one thing is, in my entire life, I've never, ever been a morning person. I'm not a morning person. I'm still not a morning person. But you, if you had a job like mine where you work with a bunch of toxic people and talk behind your back and you throw you under the bus, everything like that, you'll quickly become a morning person. And so I... Uh, that is true. That is very true. <laughs> I, uh, I, I took the morning position, and how they do it here is they go by uh, seniority. And I've been there 13 years now, so I'm highest on a seniority list. So I already know that I'll get the job. It's just the fact of when I'll start. I'm not exactly sure when. So, okay. A little, bit, good, a little bit of good news. That is good. That is some good news. Hopefully, it comes with a higher, um, higher rate of pay. <laughs> no, same pay. <laughs> Um, 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 yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I get away from the toxic people, so it's all good. Oh, well, 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 that is worth the that is worth the increase in pay that you should be getting. Um, so, all right. Congra- right. So, congratulations to that, Cashley. How, how about you? Some good news this week or the past um, week? Good. Um, I I would say just being able to have an impromptu vacation. Um. My man and I took off for the weekend, so that was always great. Just kind of get away from it all. So that that's always a great thing. Okay, well, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to take my vacation. I don't know what it'll probably be in the next four years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll probably be in the next four years. Um, no, I'm kidding. It will be in a, hopefully in a couple of weeks um, before I before my good news, which I, I I shared last week, but it is now officially official. I know what site, I know what school site that I'm going to be at, um, and I have a start date, which is um, if you've listened to my um, adventures in job searching <laughs> in previous episodes, um, there have been some close calls and some false starts. Um, but this one is a go. So I am um, very, very excited about that. And, and uh, I'm excited about some other news. Greg, you know, I'm not going to put that out. I'm not going to put that out in the airwaves, but you know what I'm talking about. That is uh, coming to an end this week. Um, so just want to let you guys know who are listening. If you're listening live, um, we are going to be starting the show a little earlier. I will um, leave a voice note on one of these limbos, whatever the hell you can do on, on stereo now, and and also on our social media channels to let you know when our new start time will be. But it will be earlier than it is right now, probably around eight, seven thirty, seven thirty, eight o'clock uh, on Mondays here on live here on stereo. Um, so I'm excited about that. I can get to sleep and we can all get to sleep before midnight. <laughs> Even though we love talking to you guys, um, but we also have lives. Um, but I'm going to play this voicemail list from Coach. Um, see what he has to say. Here we go. Hello. Thanks for the invite. Enjoy the conversation. I'll get with you uh, later on. All right. 
right. Thank you, Coach. Um, thank that, Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a supporter of the show. Thank you for listening live. Um, we welcome and can't wait for um, the, any insights that you have to give on the, the, the topic that we are um, going to be discussing tonight. Um, we start the show with our wrestling segment. So, Cashley, it is all yours because you know i don't know anything about wrestling um, <laughs> because y'all heard that you know I, I so i sent a story i sent a reason why <laughs> i am not a wrestling fan um in our group chat earlier um but basically t- the gist of it is um i was eight years old i was over at a friend's house doing wrestling moves and he broke my nose he made a move made a move me and broke my nose and i was like fuck this shit i'm out so that's why <laughs> <laughs> you now all know the story. So, Cashley, it's all yours. Here you go. Yeah, that is pretty traumatizing. <laughs> but, yeah, um, geez, as always, there's a lot going on in wrestling, and a lot happens in 24 hours. So, let's start from the top with WWE news. Uh, Chairman Vince McMahon, Chairman, oh, wow. How long? Maybe 40 some odd years since he been chairman? Wow, very long time. But he, Vincent J. McMahon has stepped down as chairman of WWE. Uh, missed some really, really bad allegations. So I, it, I think it was pretty much time for him to step back anyway. Now, um, his daughter is also in, has stepped in to fulfill that role as chairman. And now it was announced that uh, Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, will now be stepping in as head of creative, uh, which I think should make a lot of people, a.k.a. Greg, very happy. <laughs> um, so before I continue on, any thoughts on that, Lou, Greg? <laughs> Go ahead, Lou. I just, um, <laughs> I would just like to bow to uh, to Greg for... Uh, calling yes. this, uh, oh man, it must have been what a year ago, if not longer. Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah. He he said this was going to happen sooner or later. Um, so um, I just want to give a shout out and all the props of the world to you, Greg, uh, aka Greg the Seer. That's yeah, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> I really don't have much. I've said a lot. About Vince, um, it's actually sad that it took sex allegations for him to hang it up mm-hmm. when he knew his his company was tanking, the brand is tanking. But the upside is now wrestlers are. Well, I'm sorry. Actually, no, we can call them wrestlers now because Vince, you know, since he was out of touch of the names of actual wrestlers, um, by calling them what is like sports entertainers or superstars, mm-hmm. like we can mm-hmm. get back to exactly what the fuck they are wrestlers and mm-hmm. a lot of these wrestlers that were pretty much holding up space on brands like tna a and uh aw now are faking as if they're disgruntled so they can move over to wwe now because they know where the money is at the end of the day um i would happily love to see triple h stick it to vince for pretty much just like throwing him to the wolves by getting Bray Wyatt back at SummerSlam. Whatever it takes, get him. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't give a fuck how it works. That, that would possibly be the, the greatest thing that's happened since uh 
honestly, since Roxena won. Not two, just one. Um, secondly, um, I fully expect, cause isn't SummerSlam Sunday or Saturday? Uh, it's Saturday, it's, yep. It's yeah. Saturday, so. Yeah, it's Saturday, yeah. yeah. I'm fully expecting Sasha Banks to come back now. I'm sure she's been on calls all week. And it's only Monday. I'm talking Sunday, Saturday night. Yeah, she's been on calls, and they've been trying to get her back. And the calls probably went a little something like this. That motherfucker's gone. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what can we pay you? How can yeah, we pay she's you? she's missed. And, like, they're, they are missed, really. Yeah. And you want to know what's so funny is Sasha wasn't taking any calls but any you know from anybody but WWE. Because just like any other wrestler who knows, like, capitalism knows where the money is. The money right now is in the WWE, not Vince McMahon. So in my, you know, large estimation last year, I said that I would give them a year. Uh, they went a little bit over. They had about like 14, 15 months, which was cool. I still hit my mark. But mm-hmm. my next hope is that Triple H partners with the right people to get that brand together. The brand that they need to partner with, and I've said it before, Disney. If you partner with Disney, you are, even though I think they have like to deal with Fox and stuff like that, you partner with Disney, you have your stuff on Hulu. Now you have Mm -hmm. ESPN there. So you got Coachman, you have Disney itself, which I mean, even though I think, didn't they announce that they were rebranding from like PG 13 or TV 14 or whatever to like, like adult shit like they can actually show blood and stuff now on regular tv um because it was was it pg before it was pg yeah it was i like think PG yeah tv 14 yeah yeah because guess what like people who watch wrestling like wrestling not sports entertainment like they've been watching blood for years like little kids know what the fuck blood is like i know kids who watch john wick like they know exactly what blood is so Long story less long, Vince McMahon, like, um, you served us no purpose for the past 15 to 20 years. Congratulations on your retirement. Uh, and the only reason I say that as nicely as I possibly can say it is because you have been absolute <laughs> garbage for the past two decades to the point where the people that he could have, like, honored and respected that would have built their brands, their kids can now wrestle. And even then, mm-hmm. you try to bury them, try to bury Rey Mysterio's son, um, there's, I'm sure there's other families that I'm speaking of. Um, Tamina buried the shit out of her. Um, Nia Jax buried. Actually, you put her up. Yeah, she Natty, was doing yeah Natalia. Yeah, Natalia. Like people are disgruntled at Vince. You know, it's bad when you know him as a person. Just last year, around the same time, we had an episode where I went off for at least 20 minutes about Vince not letting the people on staff at WWE do uh what's that service where you can like leave voicemails and birthday shout outs and stuff like that i forgot what it was called it was like really popular oh, yeah, during I forgot. The pandemic. yeah. Mm-hmm. um i want to i want to call it like quickly but it's not quickly it's, it's somebody in the voice notes or something i'm sure they'll let us know or somebody cameo. Will let us know on twitter cameo, cameo. Yes. yeah so, cameo. yeah 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 where vince pretty much told them they would be fired if they did that um, he told them they couldn't have like Patreon accounts. I'm like, you couldn't have Twitch. So, yeah, you couldn't have Twitch. You couldn't have Patreons. You couldn't have Cameo. So it's like, okay, so you're just capitalizing on their likeness, and they can't to the point where there were certain people who had to fight for their own names. Kevin Lee, for example, so he could go and wrestle with his birth, like with his name or his stage name, wrestling, whatever, on another platform. Or you had to wait that 
what is it, that contract that Vince laid out for people? Yeah. Hey, the, the mm-hmm. no community calls and stuff? Yeah. Yep. So I, I don't feel bad. I know what's going to happen with Vince. And I hate the fact that I'm about to say this. Q, please forgive me because, you know, I want you to cut me off so I don't go too far with this statement. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I mean this, Q, like, please cut me off. In 2024, when Vince McMahon is running with Donald Trump. You know what? You know what? That's a scary thought. No, well, the only That's reason I said that that way, and I wanted Q to cut me off, is because Linda McMahon had a spot in that cabinet in 2016. So, mm. and they're the same age; they ain't going nowhere. Vince has nothing to do, and he already put him in the Hall of Fame. So, why not put Vince in a seat in Congress? I'm, I'm yeah. just letting you know. If it happens, I don't want to hear no shit. We got what two years? I'm waiting. Because the way that our current uh, situation is, you know, political, you know, politically, um, I'm, I'm expecting another four. So that being mm. said, Vince McMahon, I kudos to you, bro. Um, TNA, uh, Trish Stratus, every other woman you've poss- you know, possibly put your dick in front of or people who you decided that you wanted to, like, disrespect, including Trish Stratus, Lita and some of my faves. Um this day of reckoning, it, it couldn't have come fast enough. It's long um, overdue, actually. Yeah. Um, people who are kind of trying to figure out why people like Pat McAfee instead of people like Bray Wyatt. Why are we pushing them instead of them? Um, who's this new guy who he's trying to hype up to be like John Cena 2.0? Why? Theory. Dude with the camera phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, theory. Theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Theory. Yeah, like some things, it's like, yo, like you're so out of touch. It's like that guy who has like dementia and he's like, he remembers it, but he just doesn't know who he remembers. Like that's Vince. When you saw him on the camera, it looked uncomfortable to watch that man. Like he would come down the ramp trying to do the same things he would do in like 1998, walking with strut and stuff. It's like, bro, you might break your hip if you move too fast. I almost thought he died when Stone Cold stunned him back in uh, March. I'm like, I'm like, We'll always have that memory, at least. If that was how Vince McMahon was meant to go out, damn it, I love it. Even more of a reason why that Stone Cold segment, sorry, Pam, this was the best part of WrestleMania. Because fast forward to now in July, that's the last time we had to deal with Vince McMahon on national TV. Unless you watch Raw and you just hate yourself, because why would you do that? So. (laughs) um, Yeah. uh, Shout out to to Triple H, man. I I really hope that him and Stephanie are treated properly financially mm-hmm. and, you know, on board because the way that her father and his stepfather treated them less than a month ago and then all that shit came out, I would not be surprised. And I honestly wouldn't care if it came out that Stephanie and Triple H leaked all that information because they knew it. Because you know what? <laughs> fuck them. I- I'm literally at the point, fuck them. Because mm. he wasn't. He, fi- he fired his son in January. He mm-hmm. demoted his daughter in June and, you know, demoted his son talking about Triple H. That was like last year. Right. So you demoted the people who could yeah. actually like, hold, you know, when you are dead and gone, you know, for a fact, you hold a legacy. You didn't want to hold a legacy. Ironically, I have to say this. And, you know, God bless the dead. He did everything that his father 
didn't want him to do, which is essentially mm-hmm. burn his own brand for the sake of money. And to be so, honest, I'm actually surprised that he's stepping away from creative because we know yep. that he controls yep. everything in that company. Yep. Like well, literally everything. So yep. creative being one of the most important parts, I, I'm surprised he relinquished control of that. Yeah. Well, last little statement, and it's going to be disrespectful. Um, again, Q, cut me <laughs> off. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, trust oh, me, like, really cut me off because what, what I'm going to say, it, it might come with some backlash, but it's the absolute truth. Um, Vince had to retire because unlike Robert Kraft, <laughs> so you know what? Go, oh, God. Oh, God. No, go no, no, no. I, let, let, me, let, me, let me finish this last statement and then you can cut me off. Unlike Robert Kraft, like it wasn't a money situation. It wasn't a, you know, who you are as a person. People just didn't like Vince McMahon. He made himself be the character that he was on TV, off and on camera. People liked Robert Kraft, so they swept all this, the weird shit, the wild stuff that he's done through the rug. So when, like, the black community, they had, like, Meek Mill and everything like that, partying with Robert Kraft and stuff like that, it was because, you know what? He may or may not treat people better than Vince McMahon did. So everything that happened to Vince... The fact that it all came out all at once is like, oh, no, people have been waiting. They've been documenting this shit. And when the ball dropped at 12 o'clock for him and he wrote that little statement or whatever, I was like, oh, yeah, he knew it was time. So, again, don't really care for him anymore. At, at this point, I hope he rides off into the sunset. I hope that the WWE finally can give Chris Benoit and Owen Hart and Ultimate Warrior and all the people who honestly made that man millions to this day, at least a kudos. Stop giving the Hall of Fame to people who literally just stopped wrestling like three years ago. You know how many people (laughs) died and they still aren't on Hall of Fame? Yeah, and the unfortunate part, you know, with Owen Hart, that bridge has been totally burnt. Like, his his wife wants nothing to do with WWE yep. whatsoever. Nothing. Yep. Um, the one that I'm thinking of, as far as still has been put in the Hall of Fame, China. Yep. I mean, her yeah. old solo spot that's still missing. Now, are now it's Triple H and Stephanie. Are they gonna pull their heads out of their behinds and induct her? Mm-hmm. I Question. I doubt it. Didn't, didn't they do something it. petty like add her as a member of Degeneration X as a way of right. saying she's in the Hall of Fame? Right. <laughs> and, and, and to your other, the other guy that you said, I personally, I don't think Chris Benoit will ever get into the Hall of Fame. Never. Nope. nope. Because of the circumstances. Yep. What happened. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the thing. Like, I, and I, I know it, it should be his wrestling career and everything like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But yep. I mean, there's just some stuff you probably just can't look past, you know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: even if you don't honor him, honor his family. They never fucking mentioned. It's almost like that period in time happened to every other wrestler, but Chris Benoit. And mm-hmm. some of these wrestlers, like they've had sex allegations and stuff like that. Like, oh what yeah, do Fandango and stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, like, but you, you kept them though. Like, you you have like a line that you won't cross. Unless it's for certain people. Yeah, that's definitely true because you yeah. have um, drug, you have former drug addicts, you have mm-hmm. a, 
allegations of murder for some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and they've been allowed in. Of course, you have Sonny, who mm-hmm. I think killed well. someone due to drunk driving, and yet her yeah. Hall of Fame spot hasn't been revoked. So I, you know, yeah. doesn't she get like, do we draw like every eight months? Yeah, like, like they said, yeah, several. Yeah. And this is all recent. I'm not talking about some shit from like 2012. Like I vividly remember seeing like earlier this year, right around like Super Bowl season, they said that she was yeah. like, arrested for drunk driving. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, so you, there's certain people that if you on his side or on his good side, then it's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have yeah. much. I don't like to gloat about it. It just, I hope that the people who deserve the respect they should have gotten as wrestlers get it now. And the wrestlers that he let go, the moment that their contracts are expired, they go back to the brand that's going to make them the money that Vince was promising the people who honestly didn't work out. Um, now, we, I personally think we won't have to see John Cena every 24 months. I don't think we have to see Brock Lesnar every three. Um, I don't think Ronda Rousey's coming back. I just, at this point. Oh, Rob, Rob, Ronda Rousey's back already. That's sad. That's so she must yeah, be yeah, like she she lost the title at um, Money in the Bank to live more. Poor baby, poor baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, poor poor baby. Um, when you just look look at the roster from 2014, 2015, and then today, it wow. You know, how some people say like us as older people, like we're just stuck in nostalgia. I'm like, no, I'm stuck in trying to figure out where were those people from four years ago, like. Well, I was just thinking earlier, like, you know, we have two brands now. So we have SmackDown and Raw, but it's like you have some of the SmackDown talent doing double duty. Yes. So they're showing up in Raw now. So, you know, do we still need two brands at this point? I mean, I can kind of see the argument for it, but I can see the argument for, you know, against it as well. Because, you know. Well, here's here's my argument for the reason for having two brands is if you're only going to have you know just one wrestling show, they're already not you're know, putting a bunch of wrestlers on. Mm-hmm. So if you only have one show, then that's just even that that's going to snowball into more and more and more people not not getting True. airtime and not getting that's matches. True. So I can see the whole argument be, behind having two shows. I, right. I'll, I'll say this. I just I'd rather had them one roster. Maybe it's because I'm used to it, and they also had a concept of time because they knew for a fact they had to highlight as many people as they could. Because those same people that were there on Monday, even if they only had a five to eight minute match, you still had three hours of show from eight o'clock mm-hmm. to eleven o'clock. Now we get literally an hour and fifteen minutes of show, and then replays of last week or the match from last week. Or some bullshit that doesn't matter. Packages and stuff. Like, oh, skip the packages. You have a roster of roughly about 50 to 60 people. They used to have a roster of 119 people at one point. I lied to you not. Go ahead and look at the roster from 2008 to 2012. Literally 110 people. Only reason I know that is because I decided I was going to play one of the old WWE games. And you know how they used to split it from, like, the current superstars and, like, the retired people? I kept Mm -hmm. fucking scrolling. It was that many people. You had Kane, Undertaker, Rikishi. You had um, mm-hmm. Brodus Clay. You had all, all these fucking... I'm like, yo, like, 
I could literally play this game with a different person literally every day. For like half mm-hmm. a year. I'm like, oh great, I, I can do that. Um, this is when they would like put like Macho Man in the game under uh when you had to unlock them. I haven't played the WWE game in years. But saying that to say <clears throat> the roster has gone from that to like half of the roster because either they've, you know, disbanded them, fired them, they died off or something like that. And it hurts because it's like, well, now what do you do when you're stuck in a bond? You should be doing one brand. And the reason why, if you got Raw and SmackDown, the fucking matches that you don't get to see on Raw, now you have people who have to generate that view for you on SmackDown. That's what they used to do. Okay, on Monday, yeah, you might see Edge on Monday, even though he's, you know, on that one roster, you might see him. But then you don't see him, so you have to watch on Thursday at that time to hope to see him. And then when you did see him, you were excited. Like, Matt Hardy would have a match on Thursday, and then he would have a tag match with uh, Jeff Hardy on Monday. Stuff like that mattered to me. Having this brand split, it's like, okay, so now we have 10 belts, and three of them matter. Uh, two of them, you know, don't because of the fact that they never uh, – what is that rule that they had? Like, if you haven't – like. If you've held the title for, uh, title for 30 days and you haven't defended it, you're supposed to be stripped of it. What the fuck happened mm-hmm. to that? that? That just died out. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, yeah. a person got injured and now all of a sudden they have to relinquish the belt. It's like, okay, so they relinquished the belt. Are you going to do what you used to do, which is have like a battle royale or something like that? It's like, oh, no, just let the person who they lost, uh, they lost the belt to last night because they were injured. Just let them fight somebody else for three straight pay-per-views. And then when they come back healthy again, then, yeah. Or, you know, recently, which, you know, she used to be my fave and she kind of fucked me over. Um, Nikita, she, you know, pretty much came out as a Trump supporter. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. And, you know, what the WWE said, they said, you know, what we're going to do. We're just going to act like she has a torn ACL and she's going to be out for, you know, six to nine months. Three weeks later, she's back wrestling. I'm sitting there like, what? Did nobody mm-hmm. catch that shit? Did nobody listen to the sports desk back in May when Greg <laughs> said that's exactly what the fuck they were going to do? <laughs> like, and I think Lou even said he was like, Yo, like she couldn't be injured because she's on Instagram. I'm like, yes, yes, she she's fucking twerking on Instagram the next day, so she got a torn. Oh, you know what? Yeah, no, no semblance of kayfabe whatsoever. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they understand so, kayfabe anymore. Yeah, I mean, I just hope them the best, man. But yeah, that brand split shit—that would be the first thing to go. If Triple H is smart, he would know that. You know what? We don't need to have these. Uh, the raw draft and all that other shit. What we need to do, bring all those wrestlers, the motherfuckers, if you didn't wrestle on Monday, you ain't got a choice but to wrestle on Friday. If you're somebody's favorite, cool. But if you are, you know, if you're somebody new, somebody coming up from NXT, you have a shot. You have to prove to us and the fans why you deserve. Instead of saying, you know what, just put them out there and let them go against uh, the Street Profits and guess what? It'll be a tag team match for a month and a half. Or just fight Miz for four months because, God forbid, he doesn't have a movie coming out. So just do it. Like, no. <laughs> well, I wonder no. if this means they're going to do something with Tommaso Ciampa now. Because, you know, he, you know, Triple H loves him in NXT. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're going to do something with him now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready for, honestly, whatever they got going on because I love it. Yeah. I love the fact that Vince no longer has any control. Now, if we can get rid of uh, the guy who was sucking on his left nut. Uh, what's his name? Was it was it Khan? Um, the, the dude who's like he he was like his underling. Like, God, what what is his name? Like, Cashley, you know his name. Um, um like he wrote the stories, like the storylines and stuff like that for w, uh, oh, wow. WWE. He's still there. Um, I can't think what, of his Kevin name Dunn? off the top of my. Yes, 
I think no, yeah, Dunn I think is out. Gone too. Yeah, yeah so Dunn gone. is out, but there was an there's um, another guy. Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis is gone too. That's why Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis. No, no, there's another. There's a con in the WWE who does the well, creative no, writing. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Nick Khan. Yeah, yeah, he's still Nick there. Khan. Yeah, yeah. Once he's once still he's there, get rid of him. And the reason why I say get rid of him is because he threw Stephanie and Triple H under the bus last year about NXT. He got to be the first one to go. Only reason he did that mm. is because he was protecting himself with Vince. It was like, I have to side with Vince because if I don't, and then he came out against Shane McMahon. That's I was like, yo, like, so pretty much it's just like, fuck the people who honestly might keep you in your position whenever Vince is gone. But now Vince is gone. So you know who's next. I, I don't want to be a street prophet, you know, shout out to the Red Cups. I feel like he's next. They got all the sexual, you know, abusers out, you know, all the people who will be on the list. Khan is out next. They realize that he's just been writing the same eight storylines for the past seven to eight years. He has to fucking go. Don't be surprised by the end of this month. What, the end of the month is what, Friday? I'll give him till next month, Labor Day. He's going to resign. Hot take. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> moving on after that hot take, uh, there is SummerSlam coming up, which is WWE's, I would say, second biggest pay-per-view of the year next to WrestleMania. Uh, so SummerSlam will be held in Nashville, Tennessee, this coming Saturday. And it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty nice card on paper. But let's see how the matches pan out. Um, starting with Logan Paul versus The Miz. Uh, we They tagged up at WrestleMania, but now, you know, they have them in the storyline beef. So let's see how that goes now that Logan Paul is full-time with the WWE now. So let's just, let's see how that goes. Next, wait, we have Riddle. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, the, the one who was... Him. All right, moving on. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that, no, I really thought that was a joke. I thought uh, WrestleMania, nah. shout out to them. I thought that they really nah. just came up with that. Nah, they, there was a whole contract signing and everything with Triple H and Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's on the what? WWE official roster. Yep. And he's so hosting his little thing here coming up next. I'm actually, I got Raw on in the background. But uh, he's got it. You know how the Miz has Miz TV in the ring. And mm-hmm. uh-huh. Well, Logan Paul's got one coming up here next. It's called um, Impulsive TV or something. Yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> <what I mean? laughs> you see why I said they need to just have one roster? Yo, they Creative. literally have bullshit segments. Right. What? What? Yeah. Miz TV yep. is not. It hasn't been good since. Um, who's the dude with the guitar that I've uh, rarely ever seen? Oh, uh, Elias? Elias. Elias. I'm like, yo, didn't like Elias like have a storyline where he like had an evil twin? Where like, what was it? That was that's recent. the current storyline. Yeah, that's the current yes. storyline. Yeah. Wait, wait. Now, does, does he actually have? Does he actually have a twin, or is this just like him? Saying, like, does, does he know about Ezekiel? Wait, right. who the fuck is Ezekiel? Ezekiel. Well, <laughs> Ezekiel is supposed to be Elias's brother, right? Right. Get the fuck out of here. See, what's going on? Ezekiel, I mean, it's Elias, but they made him shave his beard. Right. Everything like that. He's got a different persona, everything, a different appearance. 
Right. And, so, so okay. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah, mean to they, cut they you off, but I have to ask a question. If Elias has the beard, and you said Ezekiel, right? Ezekiel mm-hmm. doesn't have the beard. Mm-hmm. What happens when they actually have to have a confrontation? Like, and like, or are they doing packages <laughs> where it's like they filmed this like a year ago, and like he's talking, but it's like, all right, let's save all this footage, and then when you shave your beard, you'll just answer all the questions. Well, I mean, like, you can glue on a beard. Yeah, I mean, true. <laughs> Now, wait, wait a minute. Now, I have to ask this question, and somebody's going to, you know, again, God bless the dead. I did manage to catch uh, Elias, or I guess this is who y'all are talking about. The guy, I was like, yo, that definitely looked like Elias, but he looks like a young, like, macho man Randy Savage. Like, is, Yeah, that's a that deal. deal. That's yeah, a deal. You know what? You know what? All right, moving on. Wow, bro. <laughs> what? I really thought that they just, like, had a new wrestler come out that was just like arguing with Elias as if because I thought Elias had like an injury or something like that. Like, wow! Oh my god, yo! This is why Vince is gone. <laughs> they literally had that. <laughs> what yeah, the they f- blew it. They blew uh, Elias's character because Elias was like, yeah. Over. He was no. big time too. Fans yeah. loved him. Yeah, yo, walk with Elias. WWE walk with Elias. Yeah. What? How do you? They blew Shinsuke. They blew. All these people should literally be in like the title picture. They should be in elimination chambers. They should be in battle royals, um, elimination chamber, uh, money in the banks and shit. Because the characters are like characters that even though you wouldn't expect them to get like a title run, if they got a title run or they get the money in the bank, you're like, yo, I really hope they cash in later on tonight. Imagine if Elias would have had the walk with Elias and he gets the fucking money in the bank. And you're like, yo, who is he going to cash on? He cashes in on like a Seth Rollins or something. We're never going to get that because you made this dude fucking shave his beard and pretend to be himself. <laughs> what the fuck is? Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Heard and they had a, they they had a big old thing for the past like month or two with uh, Kevin Owens. Um, oh yeah, with, uh, yeah. yeah. He calling out Ezekiel, saying, "You're not Ezekiel. You're a liar. You're a liar. Yeah. You're a liar." <laughs> See, this oh, is why Q man. doesn't want to watch this shit. This is yeah, exactly. He was probably <laughs> laughing his ass off right now. He's like, what the fuck is this? Wow. Yes, indeed I am. Yes, indeed I am. <laughs> but I always yeah. call it child's play. It's a child's play. Well, what else you got for us, Cashley? Because I... Cool. <laughs> well, Boy, that that hurts so much. Is, well, next on the card is Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Uh, following that is the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch uh, having their nice little rematch. And I, I gotta say, before I move on, I love these two together in the rain. Incredible chemistry. You just know they're gonna put on. So, that great to see them. Next match. <laughs> You're not gonna like this one either, Greg. Pat McAfee oh. versus Happy Corbin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. How many different yeah. times is Corbin gonna have a different uh, ring name? <laughs> that, that's out of the, how many different ring names you can give one guy. Yeah, he went from like Baron Corbin to Baron, and then back to Baron Corbin, and then he was just Corbin, and, and then, then he was and sad, then he was like, sad like, Corbin. Yeah, he was sad, sad Corbin. Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, it was Bray Wyatt's brother when he came into the like when he came back. Um, God. Like uh, Bo Dallas, uh, Bo, like, Bo, yeah. yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, 
This is a product of Vince McMahon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vince McMahon speaking to y'all. This is what he wants you to think, that this is good. It's not. It's every ounce of garbage. But thankfully, he's what? So we got a dude named Riddle who literally wrestles barefoot. Then you got a lot. Well, I mean, well, well, Riddle is Riddle is a really good wrestler, and he has that MMA mm-hmm. background too. Yeah. Now his character is extra goofy, like you know, his, like he yeah. puffs on a few before he comes out there. But, you know, right, bro? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> But you know uh, him and you know putting him and Randy Orton together was really smart. I wasn't yeah, sure mm-hmm. how that would turn out, but it was really really smart. Oh yeah, I mean, you, if you you miss half the shots you don't take, and Vince literally took all the shots, and I mean he, he landed one, but he also landed with the fiend, and yeah, how did you? And honestly, I don't. I think they said that he didn't like the fiend. That's why he was pushing for him to be buried so much, because I guess Bray had you know approached him with that whole like plot, like he had the storyline written out and everything, and the mm-hmm. fans wanted it. So every once in a while, Vince was giving us what we wanted, but then he would take it right back away. AKA Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. AKA mm-hmm. um, what's uh dude's name that I hate? Uh, I keep wanting to call him Braun Strowman, but it's not. Um. The, the dude who been champion for the fucking sixteen years, um, Roman. So oh. Roman Reigns, like, no, like <laughs> when we when we wanted him to be champ, like y'all wouldn't make him champ. And now that you don't have anybody else, it's like, yo, let's just like let him be the guy. And now he don't even want to be the guy because he's like, yo, like this is boring, no fucking shit. Like, you know, what? I'm gonna shut up. I'm I'm going. Greg's in timeout for ten minutes because wow, he's in timeout. Well. Um, next up, we have the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship on display with the Street Profits facing the Usos. So, this is another one I think is going to be a, a really good one. They work really well all together in tag team. So, uh, following match, speaking of theory, we have the United States Championship on display with Bobby Lashley versus Theory. <laughs> Um, this might be one of those matches, you know, we could possibly do without, but hey, let's see. Um, next, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship with Liv Morgan defending her championship against Ronda Rousey. So let's see how that one goes. And then finally, for the main event of all main events, we have the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns putting his title on the line against Brock Lesnar. And Roman Reigns, it was announced tonight that he will be coming up on 700 days as champion. So, yeah. So let's see about that one. But uh, it kind of, yep. When they when they count the like 700 days, are they counting like mm-hmm. the like every calendar day? As if like he yep. really, even though like yep. he doesn't show up, like say I don't know 700 days. I can guarantee you he showed up for maybe like 480 of them. Well, like, yeah, but well, so, as long as he has the belt, even if like mm-hmm. it's a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, whatever, that's what they're mm-hmm. counting. So, yo, they yep, really doesn't matter do how many make, times he defends it. Yeah, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how many times he defends it. Yeah. They do not make these titles matter anymore. The fuck? Vince made the rule that if you don't defend the title for 30 days, you are stripped. The last time that I remember 
Roman actually defending was what, April? Because I don't think he had a match in May. He didn't have one last month. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not like he's defending anything on Raw. He'll do like a, a, you know, a tag team or a handicap match or something like that. Or he'll just go on right. the mic and like talk. Like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, that's the SummerSlam card. And before I leave WWE news, um, I want to give a shout out to Rey Mysterio, who is celebrating 20 years today with his uh, time in WWE. So, shout out to Rey Mysterio. Yes, 20 years. Uh, but before we move on, uh, I do want to talk about Ric Flair's final match. Um, the oh, full no. card has been officially announced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and that event will also be taking place in Nashville this weekend, on Saturday, actually. Um, oh, no, it's on Sunday. Um, so, Nashville is going to be pretty packed as far as wrestling goes, but... They give a quick rundown on that card, which seems to be pretty good. Also on paper, it's a bunch of different promotions um, kind of on display here. Uh, so we have Marshall and Ross, the Von Erics, uh, classic Russell fans. Remember the Von Eric family versus the Briscoes. And then we have Clark Connors and Ren Narita, both from New Japan on the card. Kill Cross with Scarlett Bardot. Uh, Kill Cross, also known as Carrie Cross from WWE. He's now with MLW, <laughs> facing Harry Smith, who we know from the famous Hart family, British Bulldog's son. So he's uh, wrestling still. Then we have Rachel Ellering, Jordan Graves, and Deanna Parago in a match. Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu. Jacob Fatu, of course, from the famous Anawaii family. Uh, all the Fatus and all of them. So he's from that family. Mm-hmm. And then we have Ray Phoenix, Taurus, Laredo Kid, and Bandito, <coughs> all from AAA wrestling on the card. And then we have the Rules versus uh, Motor City Machine Guns. And then we have Rock and Roll Express, uh, Carrie and Ricky Morton, vice facing the Brian Pillman and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson in their corner. And then we have John- Jonathan Grisham, Nick Wayne versus Alan Angels. And Konosuke Takeshita from Japan. And then finally, we have Ric Flair and his new son-in-law, Andrade, facing Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. So that is the card for (laughs) Ric Flair's final, final match. I think he's retired how many times in his career? Seven. About ten times. (laughs) Can can I... uh... Can I say something real quick, please? Yep. Okay. I didn't even know they were still around. I didn't know they were still doing shows, but the Rock and Roll Express? Yeah. Yes. Um, they certainly are. Yep. Okay. I, I got a really quick story for you. Um, when I was a young kid, I was, <laughs> when they were in uh, NWA, uh, and wow. me me and my uh, my best friend at the time, Jay, uh, they were we were living in Pittsburgh, and they they did a show at the Civic Arena down there. And my aunt went out, and like I love the Rock and Roll Express. They were like they were they were the shit back then. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. she bought me and him both like uh, like jogging all black jogging suits, and they wore bandanas all over their arms and shit like that. I caught Ricky Morton's bandana that he threw from the ring. There, there's wow, my story. Wow, awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh that's awesome. That's my story. 
Wow. See, that's, that's I, I, was, I was so excited. Man. I, was, I think I was like 12, 13 years old, maybe even 11. But man, was I excited, though. Yeah, that was dope. Um, j- just a bit of breaking news. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at uh, WrestlingInc.com. Uh, mm-hmm. A wrestler that everybody hates that for some unknown reason I like um, has posed his potential return to the WWE. Now the fence is gone. Mr. Anderson. Oh, mm. I always, I always liked him. I liked that guy. Wow, he was like I did too. It, I did. I it, always liked him. Yeah, he was like the Kmart Stone Cold Steve Austin for me, and I liked that shit. Um, Green yeah, Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> exactly. He says, yeah. uh, "Ken Anderson comments on a possible return to the WWE as a manager." Now, anybody who knows, mm. like, I, I, I'll t- I'll take it. Because he has the mic skills. Um, he oh, hasn't yeah. wrestled in years, but, like, I'll take him on the mic. Even if, like, you know, because now, like, I would rather my older wrestlers or my alumni just be managers and build up people. You see what MVP mm-hmm. has done. MVP oh, yeah. has mm-hmm. been uh, a shining light for the WWE. Yeah. So, if Mr. Kennedy can do anything, I, I am with it. I am with it, so... Dang, that would be so dope, but boy, I have high hopes yeah. for, for everybody except for Roman Reigns, because fuck that guy. But <laughs> I, I can't, I can't whew. Yeah, the sky's the limit for the WWE. When Pam called me out and told me I needed to take time and actually like reach out for other brands like New Japan and AEW and TNA, I yeah. started watching, but it was always like, not. but this is home. It's like when you, you know, like, you know what your DVR is like. You're going to watch the, you know, the show that you watch every week instead of the show that you randomly watch, you know, here and there, right? Because you want to see it. That's how it was for WWE. And then, I don't know what happened in the past, like, four months. Like, because WrestleMania loved it. And then shit just went to hell after that. So, I just, I got high hopes again. I don't want to be let down, though. Um, so well, well, yeah, and that's why you should have your eye on other brands. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and I've said this before. It it is really a great time to be a pro wrestling fan because there's mm-hmm. so much you can dabble in. You know, like yeah, WWE's known, and that's going to be everyone's top choice for obvious reasons. But I mean, there's so many other brands that can offer you so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. You know. And, and really, YouTube is your friend. Like, you can really go and find this stuff on YouTube. Like, it's mm-hmm. really ready available, you know? So, definitely keep your eye out there still. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it's still, I mean, it's still going to hit, you know, it's still going to hit that plateau before it tries to get better. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's a lot of stuff they got to undo. Yeah. I'm just happy, though. It just it just feels like they they really can't fuck this up more than it already is. So even if just, you know, just throw things at the wall, like it, it works out in my favor. Um, but now Triple H can honestly just like revamp everything. And for me, it starts with those three things I said. Bray Wyatt, bring him back. Um, Sasha Banks, bring her back. More important, if, if they could get Bray Wyatt to come back and interfere in this fucking main event and cause Roman the fucking title, God, please, like, well, if that happens, you know, they've been they've been playing a video package of somebody on Raw. Yeah, I saw that tonight too. I don't know who it is, but Me I mean, 
If it's, it, it, sort of, it, 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 it sort of had that that Bray Wyatt that that fiend it does like feel yeah. to it. Yeah. If it's A's, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> if it, the thing is, remember, remember when we thought Bray was coming back and it was Edge and that that faction yeah. that lasted like 16 days and we're like, yeah, what 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 was that? Well, that faction's yeah. still there. It's just without Edge. They 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 yeah. moved Edge out. So it, it's mm-hmm. Finn Balor and uh, what's the other guy's name, Cassie? Um, uh, Damian Priest. Yeah, Damian Priest. And isn't yeah. uh, the girl? Doesn't she has like a yeah, heart Rhea, 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 right? Yeah, Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Rhea Ripley. So, wow that 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 went to hell in the ham a handbasket real quick. Um, yeah. Yeah. Please, I'm telling you, if they bring Bray Wyatt and Sasha Banks back. The stock will rise for the WWE again. Like it's almost like when they bought WCW, and everybody's like, "Oh shit!" Like that's gonna be bigger than that moment when Sasha Banks comes back and break. Boy, I might shit myself. Like that, yeah. I, I can't wait. But Roman has to lose if he wins at SummerSlam, and we have to hear about how he's been the longest reigning champion since Nikki Bella and shit. I'm like, come on, come on now, like. The longest reigning champ since her, who I mean, not to sound like an asshole, but I mean, she dated John Cena and kind of won at life for a few years. But <laughs> well, I mean, well, in, in her defense, Nikki really had a really good body of work towards the mid and later part of her Divas title reign. The problem is, towards the end of her reign, that's when the Sasha's, the Bailey's, and the Charlotte's mm-hmm. came out. Right, mm-hmm. and that's when the shift started to happen. So everybody was yeah. kind of looking at her reign like, eh, yep. I don't really do the diva stuff no more. But I mean, she had yeah. really good matches. Oh, she did, but it was, it was just more so like they were trying, they were intentionally trying to bury like up and coming people. Like, uh, who who was the the black woman, uh, Karma? Complete, like she did an interview that I was yeah. watching. Yeah, like, uh-huh. oh, like she was talking about how like much like Vince just hated her, even though he was the main one who was campaigning to get her signed. But then she realized like he only wanted to get her signed so she wouldn't sign with another brand just so he could bury her. I'm like, what way of thinking is that? Like you bring people in just to bury them, like as a you know paying home like homage to like wrestling. That's weird. Um, I still personally, you know, I'm going to hold this grudge forever and casually knows like only like bad thing I have to say about Triple H is he didn't have to win against Sting. I think it was fucking ridiculous, but outside yeah, I of that, good dude. Like I, I really like him. I've never really had a bad thing to say about him except for when he was beat like Stone Cold. That was it. But that Sting thing, it, it really like set me off as a fan. Just like mm-hmm. Sting. Like you, you of all people beat Sting. You were out of shape and everything. When did Sting is coming out here showing you up and you you went like that? Cool. So, you know, I feel like ever since then though, he realized like, you know what? I don't have to go over because my career is over, but I don't have to bury other people because Vince wants me to stick it to him. Cause I'm sure that was a Vince decision. That wasn't a Triple H just wants to win this match. Vince was like I'd rather you say you had a win over Sting than Sting say he had a win and then leave the company. Because I don't think, does Sting have another match outside of that? I think he just like, he was on the shelf injured or something like that. Yeah, and I, don't, just I don't think left. so. So Yeah, he's in AEW now. 
Well, uh, again, my last little statement, Vince, thank you for all that you didn't give us, including all the people that signed my, okay, all the people who signed my belt when I went to WrestleMania 30, I look at that belt now, and I'd say five of them are still on the active roster. Five. I was oh, yeah. pressed. Yeah. I was pressed to have Rusev and Lana sign my belt. I was like, you know what? They got to sign my belt. They're cool as shit. I even told them, I was like, yo, y- y'all have to do this shit. The Wyatt family, Cashley and I stood in like in like excitement mm-hmm. to just go and get like photos taken with them and just have them sign our belts. I think we stood in line for like an hour and a half just to like, yeah. go and like get them signed and they're all gone. One is in heaven right now, and the other two are just mm-hmm. like one. I don't know where he is, and then uh, Bray's just gone. And it's like, um, okay. So now I look at that belt, and it's like it. It truthfully doesn't have any value. It's not like you get your belt signed by the Undertaker and Bret Hart and people who it's like you know what. Even though they aren't with the brand anymore, you know what? They, they left a legacy here. Like Bray doesn't hold a legacy. The Fiend has the legacy. And the reason why is because, honestly, The Fiend's character was better than Bray Wyatt's character. Even though Bray had more, like, moments, The Fiend was what kind of, like, took him and elevated him. So when I have, like, these Wyatt family signatures, I'm like, yo, like, this hurts. Like, I can't even look at just the same because it has no – I can't pass it down to my kid. When I look at, like, Bray Wyatt's name, Lana and Rusev, and they're like, who are they? I'm like, are you telling me? Like, fucking Vince buried them. So, but – SummerSlam, you you better treat me right because if you don't, I'm going to shit on you from now until eternity. So that's my last <laughs> statement. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think we can land our wrestling plane there. Uh, but before we go, I do want to say uh, a shout out to my beautiful, wonderful co-host of the Melanin Matt Pam, uh, enjoying her daughter's birthday. Hope everything goes well and everyone's having fun. But yeah, back to you, Q. Wow, um, um, thank you for that nap I was able to take listening to all of that. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, um, that was a nice cat nap. That was a 20, 25, 30 minute cat nap. I loved it, enjoyed it. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you, Cashley, for um, that wrestling update. Um, please remember to check out the Melon and Matt when they make their return to stereo, hopefully very, very soon. Um, yeah, we have an um, episode coming really soon. We recorded last week, so we have one coming soon. All right. So well, that's wonderful to hear. Um, I um, might listen to uh, two seconds of it. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. You better let you better listen to more. You better listen to more. They're good. Um, um, I'll listen to three seconds then. <laughs> Man. Anyway, anyway. So there. Um, as the title of this, as, as you see in the title of the show, is the joys of training camp. You know, I saw something. I saw something on Bleacher Report last week. Uh, actually, not last week. Yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday. 
Ladies and gentlemen, there are seven weeks to go until Scott Hansen in the NFL Red Zone is back on your TV screens and all is restored to its proper place in the world. Are you excited as I am? Yes, the fuck I am. I'm ready for some football. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have made a vow. I will not play DraftKings or FanDuel this year, and I'm sticking to that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, Bob the Builder, you're, Bob, you're in your Bob the Builder stage, so you can't yeah. right now. <laughs> well, no, 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 it's, it's, no, it's not, it's not even that. Like, last year you guys were doing, like, actual betting betting. Like, you know, the overs, the unders, and stuff like that. And I found better success with that than picking individual rosters with, like, player, 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 player. Um, having the ability to say, okay, like... Oh, so you're yeah, like, do some parlays this year. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, that's what, that's what it's called, yeah. Like, you guys, when you were talking... When you were talking about it, it made more sense. I was like, okay, that seems like a more reasonable thing for me to go for. Like, is Brady going to have 230 plus yards? Like, that I can do. I can't dictate if Terry McLaurin is going to get 11 catches and 180 yards when he's playing against Detroit. And then they bench him because they're up by 20. Like, I I can't gauge that. So, yeah. um, No more. Fantasy football. Ooh, excuse me. That's, yeah. I'm still recovering from my nap. That's funny. Oh, fantasy God. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I, I do under, I, I do understand. I was, I, I personally will still be doing some uh, fan duel and draft teams. I won't be doing as much as last year, um, but I, I will. <laughs> yes, I, I know you will. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still will be doing it, but I won't be like, like putting like twenty, thirty, forty, fifty dollars in, like I was doing last year, um, and then winning, and then not getting much. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. You know, I got my, I got my, my draft list ready for my for my season long fantasy football leagues. Um, so I'm getting now together now. Can't, like I said, can't wait. It's seven weeks, seven weeks. Training camps, training most training camps started today. Um, well, most of the most of the league are in uh, have started their training camps. Um, we had a couple start on Thursday, um, and they just go all through the weekend. And the majority of the league is now have now begun their uh, training camp. So that is just incredible news. Uh, if you are a if you are a football fan, um, moving right along, moving right along. I need to pull this article up. The first, our first story of the night is headlined by uh, your team, Mister Mister Austin. Ooh, did I put you? Okay, um, it's okay. They know me. They, they do know you. Uh, Kyla Murray finally got his bag. Five years, two hundred and thirty million dollars with one hundred and sixty million dollars guaranteed, and. Speaking of Mr. Murray, we got this nugget in today about that new five year with a club option for, for the six year. Um, What's that? This clause in his contract. Now, according to Ian Rappaport, Kyle Murray's extension includes an addendum requiring four hours of independent study, a 
film each game week. Rappaport tweeted the following. He says, quote, contracts are about give and take. One example from from Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray's $230.5 million contract. There is an addendum that requires four hours of independent study for a game week. It was important to the team making a commitment at that level. Thus, it was important to Murray. Kyler Murray does four hours of game studying on his own anyway. And similar to the team wanting him around for the offseason as the face of the franchise, Arizona wanted a commitment in writing while going to a certain place money-wise. Thus, the clause. Oh, yeah. I love it. Because as a Cardinals fan, I would say um, Kurt Warner is probably still the best thing they've had, including Kyler Murray, because Kyler Murray, I just, as much as I'm entertained by watching him, I don't trust him as a quarterback right now. I don't trust giving somebody that much money who has proven to just have a losing record. You know what I mean? So there's that. You you have everything there. You you are in a winning position. You are in a winning division that honestly your team should have won last year. Think about it. Like if they would have won two more games that year, they would have won the Super Bowl. Literally two games. And the reason why I say that, they would have been the Rams. The Rams won that same way. They didn't have to worry about a breeze. They didn't have to worry about a Brady. Like this year, Arizona, it's not, you know how some teams will say boom or bust and they absolutely bust or championship or bust. No. If you don't make the NFC championship this year, fuck that team. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that and I'm standing on it. And the reason why I say that is because it's all for not. You, you pay this quarterback who pretty much told you he wouldn't pay without a, you know, wouldn't play without a contract. You give him the contract. If he doesn't hold up the end of his bargain, which to me is the NFC championship. Cause here's the thing. It won't matter if he gets to the Super Bowl and loses. Nobody gives a fuck about that because think about it. Next year, people are still predicting Boston to win, you know, or be in the NBA finals because they lost last year. That's how it is when you go to the Super Bowl. When you go to the Super Bowl, they always predict those two teams to run it back or be the, the two best teams in the league. But you know what they never talk about? The teams who win the like the next to get you know, the next game before the final game or the next series, right? We don't talk about the fucking the Milwaukee Bucks and, you know, shit like that. We're always just talking about Boston and uh, Golden State. So with Arizona, if they don't get to the NFC Championship, and I mean, I'm not saying you have, you know, wild card team or nothing like that. They have to get to the NFC Championship. If they don't, fuck them. I mean that shit. Okay, so... That's so, all I gotta say. So, so Lou, before, you're, before, you're, before you comment, I want to go... Um, that clause and Kyler Murray's contract has been getting roasted um, on on Twitter. So I'm just going to read some of the tweets that have been uh, made about that clause. So one tweet says the Cardinals put quote Don't play video games while you're while you're doing your homework in 166 million dollar guaranteed contract. Another tweet said sources Oakland Athletic. Offering Kyler Murray $325 million package to lure him back to baseball. Deal includes a no homework clause <laughs> and unlimited oh class royale with no parental control. That's wild. On the iPad. <laughs> That's wild. That is wild. It's true, though. Oh, here's what? more. Here's more. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. more. Kyler got the damn Archie comic sticking out of him. Tommy's playbook and needy. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny, man. 
Oh, another one. And this is a meme. I, I'm going to actually uh, text this one in the, in the group in a second. Kyler Murray, when his coaches send him the game plan. And this is a bunch of, uh, <laughs> like, I message sound messages uh, with, Ky- with Kyler Murray saying, I ain't reading all that. I'm happy for you, though. Sorry that happened. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, and I'll, I'll make this quick. I think the reason why they thought that that clause was going to work it's because they can use that as trade bait in case he doesn't pan out. They can say, yeah, we overpaid him. But the reason why we don't want him is because he didn't do the simple task of researching. Like this year, like they'll give him a pass. Year two, they'll probably give him a pass again. Year three, that contract, he's on the trading block. And the reason for it is going to be like, okay, like he, even though we gave him everything he asked for, he just wants to be somewhere else. That's why he didn't want to do the bare necessity of getting, you know, that homework or quote unquote, like the research in. Unfortunately though, he's not white and his name's not Baker Mayfield. You're not going to get, you know, more for him for less. Calamari is, I think I even said this a couple weeks ago. He actually, the way he's acting, he's acting like Baker Mayfield. Like you haven't really won shit, but you expected a max. You expected all this money. It was like, oh, can you prove it? Like, no, you haven't. Kyler Murray has everybody. He's literally the fucking, you know, the Baker Mayfield that's black. He had the receivers. He has a run game. He has a tight end. He has the fucking team. He has a, a dome and shit. Like, you have all these elements that should make you win, and you don't. And it's because you're Kyler Murray. So, yeah, he deserves all the jokes that are going to fly. Am I buying a Kyler Murray jersey? No. I'm going to wear my Larry Fitzgerald, uh, Fitzgerald jersey for the next 15 to 20 years. Until either Arizona wins the Super Bowl or somebody comes in there and acts like they want to be in Arizona. Everybody knows Arizona's racist as fuck. It's, it's almost as worse as Boston, but this is a story for another day. But Kyler Murray, he's overpaid for me right now. That's it. Okay. Lou, you have anything you want to add to this? Nah. But, um, right. I, I mean, I well, yeah, r- r- real quick, though. I, I, I think Arizona, with or without signing Kyler Murray, um, I, I think they're probably the front runner to win that division, though. Um, they they got a good core. They got Murray. You know, they got James Conner in the backfield. And everybody forgot they they uh, they picked up Marquise Brown in the trade too. Mm-hmm. So you know, to, to, they, to they, replace to replace. Um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks of the season because he oh yeah that's right. right I forgot takes, he got suspended yeah, they lost Kurt weeks. they lost Kurt but uh, did Fitzgerald ever resign with him or no no he is effectively retired okay well yeah, yeah I mean I agree with Greg but um, if they don't win that division I know he said if they don't win a Super Bowl uh, it, you know yeah, they don't win that division. Um, uh, what's, his name? what's his face? Uh, 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 Cliff Kingsbury is fired. Mm-hmm. Probably. Not probably. He is, That's he's all fired. I have, Dan. <laughs> he's fired. Um, so moving right, so moving right along, uh, and I want to talk about the team that has been or was the class of the AFC the past three, four seasons: the Kansas City Chiefs and the shitload of problems they have right now. Um, which got even worse um, this week. And uh, I'm just going to read the story. For the past several years, Kansas City Chiefs have have reigned supreme in the AFC West. 
dating back to 2016, they have won the division six straight times. Each of the past four years have featured the Chiefs hosting the AFC Championship game and two included trips to the Super Bowl. However, their run of dominance is in real jeopardy in 2022. While the rest of the teams in the division spent the offseason adding impact players at, di- at a dizzying pace, uh, Denver getting Russell Wilson, um, the Las Vegas Raiders trading for, Devon- trading for and signing Devontae Adams to a monster extension, and even the Los Angeles Chargers um, adding Khalil Mack on defense to pair with Joey Bosa um, and also getting a receiver to make Justin Herbert's job even easier and also improving their offensive line. Um, But the Chiefs, however, because of a lack of cap space, prevented them from making any major moves. In fact, the biggest move Kansas City made in the offseason involved one of the team's best players, Tyreek Hill, leaving town. And as if major questions at wide receiver and defense weren't bad enough, the team's best offensive lineman is unhappy about his contract situation and is not expected to report to training camp. That best offensive lineman in Kansas City, his name is Orlando Brown Jr. Um, the Chiefs supplied the franchise check, to, the franchise tag to Brown in March and the July 15th deadline for the team to sign Brown to a long-term deal came and went without an agreement. Um, also, in addition to, Brown, to Orlando Brown being disgruntled, the team lost uh, the Honey Badger to Ron Matthew, the free agency, to New Orleans. We had the Tyreek Hill trade um, to Miami. And a bunch of has including our favorite, uh, your favorite friend, Lou, um, Juju Smith-Schuster replaced, trying to replace him in Kansas City. Diva. So, my first question is, my first question is, do the Chiefs make it seven division championships type, division titles in a row this season? Um, and if that's, and if that's no, do they even make the playoffs? Okay, I'll go first. Um, no, they do not, uh, they do not win the division and yes, they make it as a wild card, but they lose in the first round to the Raiders. Ooh, that's a, ooh, okay. 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 Greg, what about you? Then I need to sniff in the playoffs. Ooh. They won't even sniff it. Pittsburgh has a better chance of getting into the playoffs. And I mean that. I said it earlier this year. I said it when the season was over. And I said it a couple months ago. Pittsburgh is the fucking team to watch out for this year. Pittsburgh and the Jets. I know it sounds ridiculous. And I'm going to keep saying this shit all year. Every fucking week. But when it comes to Kansas City. It, you have like... Just realize, like, the dynasty is over. Like, even if it's just for a couple years, the dynasty has to be over. Golden State had their time. A lot of other teams had their time. Kansas City, their issue was, like Hughes always said, we figured you out now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's it. They, they've just been figured out. So, and then you really let Tariq Hill leave? What do you? Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. 
But I'm picking him week one for FanDuel, though. If I do do FanDuel, because I said I'm not doing it. But if I do, <laughs> but if I do, he's going to be my wide receiver one that week. He's probably going to be like 8,900, but you got to have him. You got week one with Tua. Oh, boy. Q. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%, 100%. <laughs> All right. So moving, so moving right along. Moving right along. And I want to see, I want us to play a game. I want us to play a game. I like my games. Um, we're going to play a game. As soon as I can find it, I have to, I have to find it. Um, oh boy, here we go. It, it went to Miami with Tyreek Hill. He went to Miami with Tyreek Hill. Oh, boy. Um, Man, Tyreek is really hyping up, too, isn't he? Saying that he's the most accurate passer that he's ever had. And, like, yeah, either he, actually, he's actually, throwing Mahomes under the bus or he's really hyping up to him. One of the two. He's hyping up to him, but you know what? I, I, I'm a, story that I, a story that I wanted to get to uh, and before we get to this, before we get to this game. The comments made by Devontae Adams over the weekend. Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. So, Devontae Adams is already making headlines with his new team. The wide receiver turned heads when he seemed to call Derek Carr a surefire hall of, future Hall of Famer. Like Aaron Rodgers doing an interview with CBS Sports on Friday, saying, quote, anytime you change quarterbacks, from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer is going to be a little bit of an adjustment, unquote. He provided some more context to the situation on Sunday, saying, quote, but what I meant to say was, even though, even if you go Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's an adjustment, he said, um, per Paul Gutierrez of ESPN. I wasn't saying Hall of Famer Aaron to Hall of Famer Derek, so I'm not retracting my statement at all. He also compared he also compared the situation to a rapper delivering lines in a song, saying, quote, being a rapper is very vital. You've got to have the bars, obviously. You know, you've got to have the bars. The line's got to be there. But a very, very vital and critical piece of being a rapper is the delivery, right? I wasn't a great rapper the other day. What I'm not going to do is take away from that statement because why, why is Derek not a Hall of Famer? What I meant, I left one key word out of there because that's not exactly what I meant. But I do think that Derek's career is Hall of Fame worthy, and why not? Does he have the MVPs right now? No. Has he won a Super Bowl? Not yet. That's obviously what we're chasing. Cool. Um, um, he said everything I hope that Derek Carr will find himself to be. But you know what? If fucking um, what's his name, Matt Stafford can get a ring, why can't Derek Carr? Um, I feel like Derek Carr deserves it more than Matt Stafford, but not just me being me. Um, especially him having a quarterback brother who was just garbage. But that's the story for another day as well. Um, I, I keep saying Derek Carr is good for everybody. FanDuel, DraftKings, fantasy football actual football, especially if you're a Raiders fan, like you love having Derek Carr. Cause even when 
the Vegas Raiders lose, they look good. It's like, yo, God damn, like, is he actually just that good of a quarterback? It's just the team is ass? The answer is yes. The team is bad. Mm-hmm. But he has no excuses anymore. Um, with Devontae Adams making that statement, though, it's <clears throat> there's going to be a lot of shit with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. There's going to be a lot of subtweets. There's going to be a lot of interviews that happen all season. Especially if Aaron Rodgers does better that week with a lesser receiver and he starts saying, hey, you know, the same type of statements like, hey, I just needed a receiver who understood me or a receiver who's just willing to go out there and get it. Even though we know for a fact that Aaron Rodgers wasn't Aaron Rodgers without a healthy Devontae Adams, it's going to sound bad. It's going to sound better coming from Aaron Rodgers because he's proven he has the ring. And the fact that you said that Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer and failed to mention your for sure quarterback who made your career that gave you that money. Cause both of them technically made each other. I feel like Aaron Rodgers made Devontae and you can't say their names without saying each other, but right. well, they're synonymous with each other. Yeah. But Devontae Adams, he's going to get more backlash this year for having a bet. If he gets less than 80 yards in any game this year, People are going to shit on him with this statement. Can't wait to hear what Stephen A. Smith has to say because, you know, he, he's the lover of the bad man that's Aaron Rodgers. But, boy, um, Devontae should have just honestly just not said anything. This is going to look bad in about three months, I promise. All right. All right. So, Lou, anything else? Anything you want to add? No. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, you know, it, it, all, all the shit talking is going to start in the uh, first week of September. And Devontae Adams is going to try to prove that he can be an elite receiver anywhere he goes. And Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So. Okay. There it is. Excuse me, I found my game. So we are going to play bold predictions. And you're going to, I'm going to read a scenario. You're going to tell me if bold prediction. I mean, if you think that prediction is going to come true, or um, we are just uh, our heads are in the sand. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. The first one is the Chicago Bears will flirt with a winless season and go, and they will go one loud ass car in the as muffler. Um, the Chicago Bears flirt with a winless, winless season and go 1-16. The Chicago Bears have all sorts of roster issues and question marks. Foremost among them, they haven't done enough to provide a solid supporting cast around second-year quarterback Justin Fields. Among their notable signings and wide receivers, the Bears added Byron Pringle, David Moore, and Equinemius St. Brown. Pringle was arrested in April on charges of driving with a suspended license and reckless driving after doing donuts on a public road, while Moore was arrested July 4th on drug and weapon charges. In the third round of the draft, Chicago selected wide receiver Valuse Jones Jr., who only had one standout season and six collegiate turns between USC and Tennessee. The Bears' offensive line may feature two fifth-round picks from the last two drafts and rookie Braxton Jones at left tackle and Larry Bowram at right tackle. The latter allowed five sacks and committed four penalties in 633 snaps last year per pro 
football focus. On the other side of the ball, the Bears may not have their 2021 sack leader, Robert Quinn, who skipped mandatory minicamp. Also, let's continue. With the departure of three-time All-Pro Khalil Mack via trade, Bilal Nichols, and Akeem Hicks, the Bears will have a much weaker front seven without Quinn. Third-year edge rusher Travis Gibson and linebacker Roquan Smith will have to do a lot. Will have a lot on their plates. And update: Roquan Smith is holding out for a new contract. <laughs> My God, the Bears are tied with the with the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers for the six best odds to finish with the fewest wins. But they should, but they should be atop that list. I'm talking. But they should be atop that list with significant roster concerns under a new coaching staff. So, do the Browns flirt going 0-17 or no? Um, before you read all that, I was going to say, no, nah, there's no way. But, man, um, that that team is in shambles right now. Holy Absolute shit. shambles. Did people holding out, getting arrested, no receivers, no defense. I mean, damn. I'm going to say they win two games. Okay. So, let's say two games. Greg, what about you? Do they go 0-17, 1-16, or do they win more than one game? And, and which team is this again? I'm sorry. It started going in and out. The Chicago Bears. Oh, no. Um, ooh. Ooh. I wouldn't say two games. Um, I think I said a couple months ago they would have seven. I think that was my over-under. But the more I keep looking at it, I, I give them five. I give them five. Yeah. Okay. With no receivers, no defense. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they win two. They win Damn. Two. But, that's, but I, just as a little bit of a pushback, though, like, the schedule, like, I don't know if you have a second to kind of read off, like, who their opponents are, because I remember a few months ago saying seven games. I remember that vividly. So, if you could just run down the schedule really quick, like... Oh, let's see. Can, Hold on. Okay, look. Wait a second. Chicago Bears. Because I know there was a reason I said seven games. All right, so let's see, regular season, regular season, they, they kick off the year against the 49ers, then they play the Packers, the Texans, then the Giants, the Vikings, uh, Thursday night, October 13th against the Commanders, then they go to New England, then the Dallas, then they play Miami and Chicago, Detroit, the Falcons, the Jets, uh, the Packers again on December 4th, uh, the Eagles on December 18th, they play the Bears on, the, on Christmas Eve, they play the Lions on New Year's Day, and the Vikings end the season on January 8th. So it's always on par. So, so yeah, I'm going to go with go ahead, six go ahead, games now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with six games now. Um, and I'll tell you the ones. Um, they open at Soldier Field, right? But that's uh one o'clock game. So you got them beating the Texans, the Giants. Um, so I personally think they're going to beat the Vikings. Uh, I think the Vikings are garbage, just in my personal opinion. 
So they're going to win week three, four, and five back, back, back. So Texans, Giants, Vikings, that's three games right there. Um, if they don't beat the Vikings, they'll definitely beat the Commanders. I think the Commanders are garbage. But there's that. So we'll just say three games by October, mid-October. Then they'll beat the Lions week 10. That's four games. They'll beat the Falcons week 11. That's five games. And even though I don't want to say this, depending on how the Jets are by week 12, they might beat them again. So that could be five potential six games. And they play the Lions twice. So they have to win at least one of those games. So either they can sweep and end up having seven wins, like I said originally, or at the lowest, they have five games. But they're winning five games next year. Okay. What about okay. you, Lou? Let's save our win-loss predictions mm-hmm. for next week. Let's save that to next week. Okay, okay. We're going to do our next week. On the docket next week is over and unders. Um, because okay. I have the I have the DraftKings odds that came out last week, so we're gonna do that next week. Okay. So the next uh, the next bold prediction, and this is not really a bold prediction, but hey, I gotta include it as a bold prediction. The Dallas Cowboys missed the playoffs. <laughs> that's not a bold prediction. That's, that's a problem. Not, that's, <laughs> that's not a bold really honestly was going to happen. But let me let me read the backstory on that and why it's such a bold prediction. The Dallas Cowboys have gone to the playoffs in back-to-back seasons since 2006 to 2007. They'll continue that inconsistent trend with a drop-off from the previous 12-5 and campaign. Last year, the Cowboys went 6-0 and within the NFC East, but their rivals have stocked up on talent and made significant changes this offseason. Washington Commanders upgraded a quarterback, and I don't see how, but I guess Carson Wentz is better than Taylor Heike. I don't know. Um, they may have also have a viable number two wide receiver and rookie first-rounder Jahan Dotson. The Eagles made a few splashy moves, acquiring Pro Bowl wideout A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans, signing edge rusher Hassan Reddick, who has double-digit sacks in consecutive terms, and selecting defensive tackle Jordan Davis and linebacker Nicobe Dean to both to the front seven. The New York Giants, they don't count, but they did get a new, they do have a new head coach in Brian Dayball and uh, former Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Don Martindale, who called, called plays for a top three scoring defense in three of the last four years. Um, outside of the tougher, outside of a tougher division schedule, Dallas has question marks in key positions. The pass rush may regress without Randy Gregory, who signed with the Denver Broncos. Demarcus Lawrence must rebound from the injury-riddled 2021 campaign. Since his 12-2018 term, he's lost fewer than seven sacks and 30 pressures each year. Uh, how will Dak Prescott adjust without wide receiver Amari Cooper, who the team traded to the Cleveland Browns? Who will fill the void behind CeeDee Lamb as the number two wideout while Michael Gallup recovers from a torn ACL? Most importantly, the Cowboys' offensive line may not be as dominant compared to units from recent years. They released right tackle Leal Collins. Rookie first rounder Tyler Smith, who played tackle at Tulsa, may start at left guard. Left tackle Tyron Smith has missed 20 games over the last two seasons. Cowboys missed the playoffs. Old prediction? Or? Yeah, they, they get it. They missed the playoffs. Okay. Great. 
Oh, they're definitely missing. Definitely missing. Mm-hmm. All right, moving right along. Our next bowl <laughs> position. Our next bowl position. The Detroit Lions finished with a rented record for the first time since 2017. No, I didn't say they make the playoffs. I said they have a winning record. The, the Detroit Lions have won eight games over the last two seasons, but this year they'll take a big step forward under head coach Dan Campbell. This offseason, the Lions added explosive wide receivers to DJ Chark and rookie first rounder Jamison Williams. Both players suffered injuries last year, but assuming they get back to 100%, quarterback Jared Goff should connect with them for big plays on the perimeter. At six foot four, 205 pounds with 4.34 speed, Chart can present matchup issues for opposing teams. In 2019, he scored five and eight touchdowns from at least 20 yards beyond the goal line. If Chark's, if Chark's ankle doesn't limit him, he'll rack up yards and possibly touchdowns in bunches. Williams may have a slow start as he worked his way back from a torn ACL that he suffered in the uh, SEC championship game. But the rookie will bring instant offense when healthy. Last year, the Alabama Alabama product averaged 19.9 yards per catch. Um, the, the Lions can win high-scoring matchups and beat their opponents in the trenches would make them a dangerous sleeper team in 2022. So, did the Lions finish with a winning record this season? Um, I'm a, oh, geez. <laughs> Every time I pick, no, no, they're not going to win with a winning record. They will, will not. Will not. Okay, Greg. The Lions will have eight wins this year. That's not a winning record. <laughs> that's, that, that, no, if you're the Lions, that's a fucking winning record. That's a, winning that's, record. that's a very good point. That's a very good point, right there. That you have. Okay. All right, moving right along. Alec Alec Pierce wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. The 2022 rookie class doesn't feature a quarterback who has a clear pathway to start week one or a star running back, which opens up the possibility for an unlikely candidate to win offensive rookie of the year. This group has quality wide receivers, though. As first round picks, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, and Traylon Burks may garner a lot of attention, but one can argue that Indianapolis Colts rookie Alex Pierce has a better quarterback situation with Matt Ryan than any other day one wideouts. As for Jamison Williams, he may need a few weeks to get back to full speed while on the bed from a torn ACL. <coughs> Excuse me. At six foot three, two hundred eleven pounds, with four point four one speed, Pierce has the physical tools to make a strong statement right out of college. He'll play with an accurate passer in Ryan, who completed who's completed at least sixty five percent of his passes in each of the last four seasons in seasons and thrown for at least three for 3,900 yards each year since 2011. Even though the Colts have, has, have fielded a run-heavy offense with running back Jonathan Taylor over the last two seasons, Pierce should see plenty of targets in an aerial attack that only features one reliable pass catcher in Michael Pittman Jr. So, does... Alex Pierce win Offensive Rookie of the Year. No. Doubt it. Okay. 
Moving right along. Our next bold prediction is the Las Vegas Raiders offense finishes number one in scoring. <sighs> Here's nope. the latest it. <laughs> so the Las Vegas Raiders struck a deal with the Green Bay Packers to acquire Sukon all-pro wideout Devontae Adams, quarterback Derek Carr's former Fresno State teammate. With tight end Darren Waller, who's not going to hold out and is going to report to training camp, even though he's negotiating a new deal. Wide receiver Hunter Winfro and running back Josh Jacobs, who are all pro bowlers, by the way, already in the fold. New head coach Josh McDaniels has plenty of weapons. Though Jacobs would likely contribute to a committee in the backfield with King and Drake. Rookie fourth rounder Zamir White and Brandon Bolden. Carr sees excited about the fourth-year ball carrier's potential opportunity to propel the team to victories. We, uh, with a subpar offensive line and Renfro as the top pass catcher on the field late in the 2021 season because of uh, Henry Ruggs deciding um, he wanted uh, he wanted to be on act like he was on the autobahn instead of on Las Vegas streets. Um, the, tw- the Raiders still finish 11th in total yards. So, does the Las Vegas Raiders finish number one in total offense this season? No. Okay. I do not believe they do. They won't be in the top three. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna say top five, but I'll, I'll I'll agree with the top three. Okay, our next bold prediction: Allen Robinson, the second wins comeback player of the year. Absolutely fucking not. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be, and no disrespect. He's going to be A.J. Green last year, where everybody's like, oh, he looks like he still got it. He just need to be on another team. No, he just don't got it. He just literally don't have it. He's just a player who had a good couple years. I didn't mean to cut you off, Q. I just there, – there's certain, like, names that come up, and I'm like, why? Like, they had all the potential in the world, and, like, you could have given them fucking Patrick Mahomes, and they were just going to be who the fuck they were. I mean, look at uh, Hollywood Brown. Like he had a, a two-time MVP, and they still were like, you know what? You're not good enough. So, Allen Robinson, no, no, come come back. Didn't uh, Alex Smith make comeback player of the year, and then he got immediately benched and then like waived? No, he didn't get benched. Come- he, got, he retired. Oh, so he got benched. Then okay, cool. So basically, what I'm saying is. No, Allen Robinson, we, we, we got to stop the narratives, bro. We, we got to stop giving people comeback players because they had a good four or five games in a season. That'll make you a comeback player of the year. Allen Robinson is always going to be Chicago Bears' Allen Robinson. He's a person who would let you down in fantasy football because you picked him in the top seven to 15 receivers in the league because he was on the softest team with the best upside as a wide receiver one. Allen Robinson, without being disrespectful, is garbage. Yeah. Lou, anything you want to add? Who did he sign with? The Rams? The Rams, yeah. Oh, no, there's no way he's going to be a comeback player. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> there's no way. 
Well, you got Cooper Cup? No way. No. And even, here's the thing. Even if Odell doesn't come back, this man is still going to be the fourth option on the team. Right. Fourth. <laughs> what are we doing? Like, oh, boy. <laughs> what? Because wait a minute. They got Cooper Cup. Um, they have Tyler Higby as their tight end. You got two uh, running backs who can catch the ball. You yeah, also have – They got Cam Akers. Yeah, like you said. And then um, I told Darryl I said Odell, Henderson. but he's injured. Uh, Daryl Henderson. But no, who, who is their wide receiver core? Just please just run it down for me again so I can oh, add like – Oh, no. So you have Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, um, uh, 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 shit. Um, uh, that, that, oh. that kid that had the baby. Oh, Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson, yes. That, yeah, that's his name. Oh, so so basically what you're saying is he's the fourth or fifth option. If I had to go in order, Q, you got Cooper Cup, number one option right there. Tyler Higby, number two option. Van Jefferson, third option. Cam Akers, fourth option. Daryl Henderson, fifth option. Then you got Allen Robinson. So, Unless there's an injury to Tyler Higby and Van Jefferson just, you know, somehow just doesn't produce like he did last year. And I think Odell Beckham, even though he's on IR, he should be back by week eight or nine. No, he's still a free agent. Oh, he's still a free agent. Oh, even worse. Damn, he's a free agent, so they didn't even sign him back. Mm. Um, okay, so he might be the fifth option. I'd give him the fifth option. And that's that's if, and I hate to I hate to say this, but I want to because it's fun. Unless somebody gets injured, like a Van Jefferson, and they go and get Antonio Brown, just a thought. That's all. No, I'm, I'm, no, le- no, I'm, no, I'm no, leaving. I'm leaving. No, 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 no. Your bold prediction stop at WWE, man. Moving right along. Najee Harris wins the rushing title. Lou, this is all you. What do you think? Uh, no. No, straight up no. He'll lead the league in touches, but he will not win the rushing title. Okay. They, they still they still got a, <laughs> a, a, a makeshift offensive line, too. So, you know. So, um, I, I have to – so, he's tied with Joe Mixon for fifth – Fifth and odds to rush for the most yards and plus fourteen hundred on DraftKings. Oh wow, that is that is some good odds. Um, no, I, 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 I no, he's not going to lead the league. Okay, I want him to. I I want him to. <laughs> I, I just want him to. Like I, I really have high hopes for Pittsburgh. Mainly because, like, it's just all there for me, and it, it has to start somewhere. It can't be the receivers, so I have to go with Najee Harris. Najee Harris is what the he's in the top three running backs for the like for me for the season. So I can see it. I, I'm going. I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with it for this one. Okay. All right. Next, Mike Evans top tops Calvin Johnson for the single season with three. Let me start over. Mike Evans touched Calvin Johnson for single season receiving yards record. 
I, I pray to God not. I, I'm telling you this right now. I think Mike Evans has a career year. He has the best year of his life. And, um, yeah, I'm going to say yes, he does. Well, I, I will say this. He, in, uh, in all eight of his seasons in the league, he has eclipsed 1,000 receiving yards every year. It, what's, what's the record that Calvin Johnson has? How many yards? So the record for a single season in receiving yards held by Calvin Johnson is 1,964 yards. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Remember last year, Tom Brady threw for 5,316 yards. Mm-hmm. I, I, for some reason, you know, going to the, the fantasy football books and, you know, stuff like that, I love Mike Evans this year. Okay. And, and also, and then also, you, you, so you have the Tom Brady argument. Mm-hmm. Also, Chris Godwin is not going to start the season because he's, you know, he's recovering from his right. 20. Second wide receiver option in Tampa is the recently signed Russell Gage, who did nothing in Atlanta. Um, that makes a strong case of Mike Evans not being able to make that. Um, there's less weapons for Brady, and everybody knows who he's going to throw to, who is his trusted receiver. Unfortunately, Mike Evans is not Julian Edelman. It's and not also, possible. yeah, and also, uh, and then also, um, at tight end, yeah, they do have OJ Howard. But like I said, they just signed Rudolph. Like I said, <laughs> you, you, you're giving me people who honestly haven't made it past week eight for the past three years. So, um, like, <laughs> like and I, I, I don't mean to like sound like a complete I, asshole here, but it's no, the truth. I like, I had to think about that for a minute. I'm like, damn, he's right. <laughs> and you give me OJ Howard, who like last season what played three games, and then <laughs> then you got Kyle Rudolph, who like he's a person that you picked up on like waiver wire week, where it's like, all right, you know what? I need this win, and then he gives you four points. You're like, wait, what the fuck? Right, like, right, right, like right. he was he was playing against the 29th ranked team against tight ends, and he <laughs> what? But, well, but what I did read today though was that they said that Cal Rudolph is going to be handling or basically taking all of Gronk's touches that he had. So it's not many. Then. You, you, well, no, you know how you know how Tom Brady loves throwing to the to his tight end though. Oh, but here's the thing. He loves throwing to his tight end if their name is Gronkowski. Well, okay. Good what? point. Good point. <laughs> like, think, think about it. When O.J. Howard was on the field last year and Gronk wasn't, Brady was like, yo, I, I can't trust this guy. Now, it's going to sound fucked up to say, but, like, Brady, like, a lot of people who believe in Kyle Rudolph, they only believe in Kyle Rudolph with Brady because, one, he's white, so there's that. And two, they feel like all right, he's a suitable replacement in stature to Gronkowski, Good but he's point. not. But he's not durable. Like Brady is going to put Cal Rudolph in jeopardizing, com- you know, like compromising like situations where he can potentially get injured. Gronk will be the person who he'll go 
and catch a ball with four, you know, defenders on him just because he was that big. Kyle Rudolph will try the same shit and he'll be out for six weeks. <laughs> so, and I don't want to make it sound long winded, but like, I just don't believe in that. So tying it all into Mike Evans, if Mike Evans is the de facto like person there, if I'm you and you're listening to this show, I'm going with Russell Gage. The reason why is in Atlanta, Russell Gage was supposed to be the person. He just didn't have a quarterback. If Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown, Gronk, and anybody else who you know had Brady last year, and you didn't pick him up, even Scotty Miller performed last year when healthy. Russell Gage is who you want. You don't want Mike Evans, who we know for a fact he's going to get double teamed all game, all game. Russell Gage is going to be the Chase Claypool to Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm telling you this now because it, it has to happen. There, there's no way Mike Evans is touching Calvin Johnson's record. I know how much Brady thinks he wants that to happen. Mike Evans doesn't want it to happen because he is not going to be that player. He's never been that player. He's just been that person who's like, you know what? If defenses decided that they're going to go after Chris Godwin because he has seven receptions for 144, yeah, I can go and have 180 off of four receptions because – Everybody's doubling Chris Godwin now because he's having a hot day. Issue is this. That's not happening this year. Chris Godwin with his injury. Scotty Miller's still on the men. You got Gronk out. Antonio Brown, who I, you know, I, I praise God for because if it wasn't for Antonio Brown, Mike Evans wouldn't have gotten the looks he got last season. And I keep telling people this. I, I really wish people understood what I said. So I'm going to say it one more time. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers only go as far as Antonio Brown would allow them. And God forbid I was right, because guess what happened? Antonio Brown had his bitch fit, quit on the team, and you know what? The team quit on themselves. Mike Evans gets mad if somebody pops his chain or if somebody goes and, like, touches him. He thinks he, once he catches the ball, you're supposed to just, like, open the floodgates and just let him run. He's not. If he touches Calvin Johnson's record, it's the only thing I can believe is his rig at that point. There's no fucking way. Mike Mike Evans? You're trying to tell me Mike Evans instead of Devontae Adams? Mike Evans instead of Tyreek Hill? Like, all, all these receivers, um, DeAndre Hopkins, regardless of the suspension and shit like that, DeAndre Hopkins might come back after suspension and end up pretty much having more yards by the end of the year than Mike Evans. And I'm willing to bet money on that. I'm actually willing. To, I'm actually willing to bet money on that one, Q. If you if you want to take that bet, be my guest. But I've seen more games that you know Devontae Adams had 180 yards that matter than Mike Evans getting garbage yardage in a game that was already a fucking blowout. That's all I had to say. Okay, and our last. Our last bold prediction is uh, Greg. I already know what you're going to say. I ain't saying nothing. The Washington Commanders win the NFC East. I actually want them to. I actually want them to. I said no. that. I said. I have to. I have. I said a few weeks ago that I think they will. Yeah. I'm with Lou. I want them to win. At this 
at this point, that's the only NFC East team that I actually believe in that if they got to the playoffs, they wouldn't disappoint the entire division by getting, you know, shit thrown at them. Literally. Dallas just don't believe in. Um, Philly, I know they were talking about getting like a new stadium, so they already got bad karma coming anyway, so there's that. And then you got Saquon Barkley. So No, 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 no. The Eagles are not getting a new stadium. The Sixers have a plan to move in the downtown in the center city in 2031. Oh, well, see, that's what I'm saying. That's how much I don't care about Philly. <laughs> so when it comes to it, like, I, I personally, I want Washington to win. They should have won it last year. I feel like they got cheated out of a couple games. And Q, you and I sat through at least two of them last year. Washington, honestly, I feel like they are a shoe-in to win that division for the next three years, especially with the signings that they have, the team that they have, the culture that they have, or what they're trying to rebuild as a culture. That should be the division for the next two or three years. I don't believe in Dallas. I think that Ezekiel Elliott, he's, you know... He's not overrated, but he's past his prime. He's, he's Todd Gurley. Yeah. He's Todd no. Gurley. Oh, you were, you were saying Todd Gurley. I'm glad you said that. I was going to give him a like a Le'Veon Bell. That, that's what I was going to give him. I was going to give him that guy who was like, damn, he was a stud for like four, you know, like three or four years. And then what happened? Or Eddie Lacy was like, yeah, damn, like he's fucking running over people. And then you realize he's not running over people. He's going through people because he's a fucking 18 wheeler. So. Yeah. Um, even though I don't plan on going to any home games this year because uh, I, I don't like Landover and they're doing way too much development, which was going to make me get home too late. Um, I will definitely say if Washington goes and wins the division, I would happily go to a wild card game in Landover in January in the box. In the box. And Q is going to be right there with me. Okay. Oh, sorry about that. I had an issue. Loosen please. Um, all right. So again, we're gonna um so have have your over and unders. No. Next week, yeah. Yeah, definitely um, next week we gotta have the over unders. Yes, yeah, so we will have our over and unders. We have our over and unders next week. So um, get your research, get your research and your predictions ready. Um, and we're going to move on quickly. We're going to move on quickly to the NBA. Um, because it has been, it's been some news. Um, been some news, not much. Um, but first, the first story I'm going to get to is that there's a lot of, a lot of people in the league who are very leery. Oh, before we get to the NBA, I so, so forgot. I'm so sorry, Greg. The XFL. And I'm going to let you take the lead on this. XFL has announced the eight cities that the league will be playing in when they have their third iteration of the league coming to play in February 2023. Great. Yes. Oh, yes, I do. So basically, the uh, the XFL announced the eight host cities, right? So they are Arlington, Texas, Houston, Texas, Orlando, Vegas, San Antonio, Seattle, St. Louis, and Washington. I'm still trying to figure out why the fuck they needed three Texas teams as if like they weren't like a California market that wanted it, um, a Philadelphia market that needed it, a Miami market that clearly needs like 
some type of value like through the spring season because there's nothing outside of baseball and everybody knows Marlins Park is garbage is that but um yeah the eight teams I'm sorry out of the eight teams seven of them have a stadium to play in Vegas is the only city that doesn't have a stadium to play in but they will be playing next year which means that most of their games or all will be away games where they treat it as home games ridiculous but a story for another day i am and i still have my merch from the washington defenders when vincent kennedy mcmahon owned the xfl before he sold it during the pandemic i will be rocking my uh defenders gear because i feel like the washington redskins aka the washington commanders they really blew an opportunity at calling themselves the defenders which sounds like a better name um I know a lot of people aren't really too fond of football outside of January, but I implore people to just go and try XFL because it's not a WWE production anymore. It's, you know, co-owned by like The Rock and, you know, has a lot of sponsors. But more importantly, they actually have a deal with ESPN so you can watch these and they games. Have confident football, and they have confident yes. football people in place. Russ Brandon, yes. yes. the president, and he's a black guy. The former president, mm-hmm. the former president, general manager of the, and also Doug Whaley, former president, yep. and then Doug Whaley, the general, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. Um, but yeah, they have confidence football people in, and, but also like the XFL before the, the pandemic actually was watchable football, and exactly. we had and we had a product this 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 summer with the USFL. It was mm-hmm. watchable football. Mm-hmm. It was watchable football. I don't know what the, they haven't announced the nicknames, what the nicknames of the teams are going to be yet. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, they did announce the, they did announce the teams. I mean, where, where the teams will be playing and, uh, you know, we'll be, the cities they'll be playing in and, and the stadiums they will be playing in. Um, I look forward. I look forward to going to, to going down to Audi Hill and, and watching mm-hmm. um, Washington, whatever whatever their team name is going to be, because they still deciding their nicknames yet. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I, I actually look forward to going down there and watching it. So I, I you know, excited excited to see what this new product and whether because The Rock, well, Dwayne Johnson is is the co owner of it now, and with him having a pedigree in football, playing for the U, um, you know, having played for the U, I, I, I really would like to see, and I would really like to see how this, how this iteration of the XFL uh, will turn out, because this is their last chance. <laughs> this is, this is, mm-hmm. this is it. The third time has to be the charm, or um, the XFL will be a novelty item, where you yep. have to, where, where it collects items only. So with that being with that being said, right, so you know, like I said I I am looking forward to uh, February two thousand twenty three, which is six months from now, um, when the we re, the re reverse of the XFL comes back. Um, so moving right along, I'm going to go to basketball to the, to the NBA real quick, and there are some teams that are really leery about. Uh, boy, boy. There's people in the NBA that are suspicious of the new contract, the reduced contract that James Harden signed um, this offseason to remain with the Sixers. 
James Harden left money on the table to resign with the Philadelphia 76ers this offseason, which has summoned the NBA questioning if there is some secret arrangement with the team. Mark Stein, NBA insider Mark Stein, provided the latest insight. Um, he says, quote, there is a suspicion in some corners of the league that Harden had to have consented to this arrangement because he also secured a wink-wink guarantee of, about the future, meaning a promise from Daryl Morey that will allow Harden to recoup what he left on the table this offseason by declining the player option for the next season in his new Sixers deal and then signing a whopper of a five-year deal in the summer of 2023 at almost 34. Such speculation is inevitable given how close Murray and Harden clearly are. But I've also heard plenty around the league question whether the Sixers, beyond the fact that these types of arrangements are against league rules, can actually bring themselves to give Harden any assurances. <clears throat> Basically, the, there's people around the league thinking that this is a repeat of um, the Minnesota Timberwolves situation with Joe um, with Joe Smith that ended up costing the Timberwolves multiple first round picks. That it was a he had a he signed his contract, but it was a wink 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 agreement, a deal under you know they made a deal under the table. So if you didn't know, uh, James Harden signed a two year. $68.6 million deal. That means uh, he declined his forty his player option, which was $47.4 million. Um, so he left $14 million on the table. The Sixers used that $14 million in savings to go and sign uh, P.J. Tucker and Daniel House. Uh, P.J. Tucker from the full mid, mid-year to the full MLE. Um, mid-level reception and Daniel, Daniel House to the biannual reception. Um, so, so this uh, team's going to be garbage all over again. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. But are, are you saying that they people think that uh, that the hard signing is, is something illegal? That is an under under the table agreement. So basically, pardon. Okay, here, here's what. I'm gonna save off fourteen million dollars. You go sign these players. You give me a one year, a one, a one plus one. So that's what the deal is. It's a, it's a, it's a two year contract, but the first year is guaranteed. The second year is a player option. That he will decline the pay, the player option because right now this season he's gonna make thirty three million dollars, and then next season he'll decline the option, decline the option, and sign like a a two hundred million dollar contract. Five years, two million, two hundred million dollar contract. So he'll recoup the money he he put he left on the table. Well, shit, that's smart. <laughs> but that's against league rules. Not if you don't get caught. Well, yeah, true, true. I mean, but it's basically the same thing that LeBron does that, that LeBron did in his years in Miami. Exactly. He, he did the same thing in Cleveland. He did the same. He did the same thing. Um, well, he didn't do the same thing in LA when he got to LA. He signed a four-year deal with a player option, but it's basically what LeBron, like I said, what LeBron did in in Miami and Cleveland. Is mm-hmm. what um, Kevin Durant did is when he got to Golden State. Um, it's you know a lot. There's a lot of players who've done that. 
that's left intentionally left money on the table by signing one to ones. You know, a, a one a two year contract with a player option. We'll see. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so our next story moving right on. Um, going to cake, going over, going to Brooklyn. So, oh boy, the Heat. Yeah, the Heat has inserted themselves into the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. Um. There's another team that inserted themselves into the Kevin Durant sweepstakes also. You're absolutely correct. We're going to get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Go ahead. Oh. We lost Q for a minute. There he is. He's back. Oh, uh, yeah, there I am. Yeah. And um, uh, popped up. Yeah, I was reading. Um, so... Going back to the going back to the heat. Here's um, what could or could happen in terms of the heat off uh, what the heat's offer offer could be. Um, a party. So uh, Durant reportedly wants to move to a contender that can offer more stability than he has experienced with the Nets. But the trade price for Durant likely will cost an acquiring team an element that appeals to Durant as a team. A party familiar with the Heat's approach told the Sun Sentinel, Miami Sun Sentinel, that while there has been internal consideration of the team utilizing center band out of bio as a trade component, at least one influential member of the organization has shot down the notion. Um, so that's the Durant angle. Here's the Heat's Donovan Mitchell angle. Utah Jazz CEO Danny Ainge reportedly has been adamant about a package of draft picks similar or greater than the Hall realized in the trade of Rudy Gobert to the in the trade of Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves. That would put a starting point at five first rounders. The Heat are currently in a, in position to deal a maximum of three for future first rounders, but could obtain more either with a deal of Tyler Hero for picks or obtaining picks for elements of their minimal skill components. Matt Struess, Omer Yurtsevin, Gabe Vincent, um, and possibly Nikola Jovich, not Jokic, Jovich. If Utah's focus remains on picks, the New York Knicks are in a position to trump any heat draft package with nine first-round selections over the next five drafts. That is five first-round, five Straight up picks and four pick swaps. So there's another angle with the Heat. Miles Turner, the hybrid power forward center, seemingly has been on the trade market for years with the Indiana Pacers in a delicate position with Turner to become a free agent next summer. Friday, longtime Indianapolis columnist Bob Kravitz, who writes for The Athletic, posted on Twitter, quote, per source, the Lakers Pacers trade Involving Russell Westbrook, Miles Turner, Buddy Hill, and other assets is currently dead. That's not to say the Lakers can't come back and add a second first-round pick to the current package of picks, but for now, things are at a standstill. In other words, trade offers continue to be fielded for Turner, who earns $20 million this coming season. So we're past the heat now. We're just going to like this trade, the trade rumors that's going around. So the next one is John Collins. 
another player, right? Actually, we're still we're still in the Heat. These are all the players that are being linked to the Heat right now. We know Pat Riley doesn't sit on his sit on his hands and not do anything to improve his team. <laughs> Excuse me. Another player who has been linked to the Heat for years, the South Florida Chies, that include time at Carter Newman High School in West Fall Beach is John Collins. Even with five, even with the five-year, five $125 million contract that Collins signed ahead of last season with the Atlanta Hawks. The fit alongside Trey Young amid young tie usage has been uneven. With the Hawks cashing in their draft future for the jump. Uh, DeJounte Murray, and then dealing Kevin Carter to the Sacramento Kings, Atlanta remains a franchise in transition. So, I know that was a lot. So, right, basically, the Heat... That was a lot. Yeah, the Heat yeah. angles every, like, everywhere around the league. <clears throat> a trade for Durant, a possible trade for, a possible trade for Donovan Mitchell, we have even um, Miles Turner or John Thomas. That's just, they're just the focus on those four. All right, I'm going to say this real quick. Um, just because the Miami Heat pulled off the LeBron trade doesn't mean they are like the sweepstakes winners to get every fucking free agent every year. It, it's not going to happen. And the reason why I say that isn't because I don't want it to happen. It's because it's fucking Miami. Like, I can see if they said the Clippers or Golden State, fucking Sacramento, someplace somebody would actually want to be. Miami, even as a big market, it's usually the last place everybody wants to actually play it because it's not guaranteed you're going to win there. Unless, of course, you had the big three at that point. Because you know what happened after the big three left? That team went to shit. You know what happened after Wade left? That team went to shit. Kevin Durant has already proven that without him being on the team or, you know, on the roster, the team's going to be some shit. So I don't give a fuck who they give away. That team with or without KD is going to be garbage. Jimmy Butler has proven like, yeah, I can get it done with people who I can control. Do you really want to deal with an entire season of hearing about KD and Jimmy Butler arguing with each other because they don't get along in the locker room? And, and, and I don't. And Katie's burner account getting high usage. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Like Jimmy Butler and, talks about and, 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 and Katie's now on TikTok. <laughs> so that's going to be even worse. Yes. No, n- nobody wants that. No, we do not deserve to see Jimmy Butler versus Katie on Twitter. I don't want to see that. Or TikTok. Or TikTok. Or, no, no, here's the thing. I won't, I, the thing is, I don't follow athletes on TikTok because I think they're ridiculous. But all I will say is just absolutely not for me. Absolutely not. Okay. So, moving right, moving right along, um, there has been another team that has inserted themselves to the Kevin Durant sweepstakes, and that is the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics has reportedly emerged as a potential suitor in Kevin Durant trade talks. Boston's built okay. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported the Celtics have been in regular contact with the Nets regarding a trade, but appear no closer to acquiring Durant than others. The Toronto Raptors, the Miami Heat, and Phoenix Suns were the most regularly mentioned potential suitors. Shams 
of the uh, Sharania of the Athletic Stadium reported that the Celtics offered Jalen Brown, Derek White, and an undisclosed draft pick for Durant. The Nets countered by asking for Brown, Marcus Smart, draft pick, and another rotational player. Boston has lost and including Smart in trade talks. The Celtics' willingness to include Brown, regardless of Smart's involvement in trade talks, likely makes them the favorites to land Durant. Mm-hmm. This is your team. What do you think? Yep. I, as a Celtics fan, I don't want to see it. If Boston couldn't handle the Kyrie shit, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. No. Nah, uh, no. Absolutely. That, that, as, as great as I would feel being able to buy a Boston Celtics Kevin Durant jersey, no. Um, Jalen Brown's already one foot in, one foot out anyway. So if Brooklyn goes for that trade, be my guest. Boston really doesn't need the picks, to be completely honest with you, if they get KD. My issue isn't with the picks and all that. My issue is, what is Kevin Durant's headspace going to be like in a culture that honestly will tell you we're fucked up? Boston holds no punches with the people that play on their team or the opponents. The issue is this. KD, if you move to a team that just swept you 4-0, when you had other superstars on your team that year and another superstar, you know, even Ben Simmons, if you want to call it that, um, it's not going to be a good look. It's going to look like he has to be on a team that either is a competitor or a team that is just missing that one piece. Katie has his it's own a, team. Oh, go ahead. It's already not a good look for him. He's he's done it twice already. Exactly. I just I, I need Kevin Durant to do one thing <clears throat> in, in my lifetime. Sign to the Wizards. That that's all the fuck I care about. I know he talks about oh it's local and he has friends here and he doesn't want to be involved in the politics and living in the city again, blah, blah, blah. Cool. I hear that dumb shit. Here's what I don't hear or what I try to ignore. Katie, you are known as a team hopper, but you only hop the teams that you think are doing good right now. You won't go to a Houston that has the cap for you. You're not going to go to Sacramento who has the cap for you. You want to go to teams who are already proven to be winners without you, and then they remove the pieces that they need to win. Brooklyn did that. Brooklyn removed all the pieces that was acquired for him to win. And you know what they surrounded him with? The replacements. <laughs> Literally. I just... KD, man, like I, I, I like... I really like Kevin Durant, but no. If he goes to Boston and Boston gives up... like I don't mind Jalen Brown, but you're giving up first-round picks for this dude who honestly don't know if he's up or down? No, I'm okay. I'll skip that this week. This year, this month, whatever. Like, Katie needs to stay in Brooklyn where everybody hates him, and he has to prove himself. He's even in Texas. Like, you know, everybody loved him because he was fucking Kevin Durant. He never had opposition. He needs. He needs to honestly feel what Ben Simmons felt in Philly in order to realize, like, you know what? This is where I need to be. And if that happens, I can guarantee you this: 
the Brooklyn Nets are going to end up in the finals. If Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons can figure out, you know what? They both hate us. Let's just be two people that everybody hate, but we win. If that shit happens, I'm telling you, you're not stopping Brooklyn next year. You're not. All right. Uh, I, I have nothing to say. It's exactly what he said, though. I mean, it's it's Kevin Durant. He's got to prove that. I mean, it's it's almost like LeBron when he went to Miami. It's he has to prove that he can win without two other superstars on his team. You know, maybe one other superstar. Yeah, of course. But, you know, LeBron went to Miami. You know, he had D. Wade. He had Bosch. Uh, you know, he, he goes to L.A. Uh, he had, um, you know, A.D. and, and uh, Westbrook. Didn't win shit. But Kevin Durant has to prove that he can do that also. For him to by be considered. By himself. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Oh, um, we were gonna talk some baseball. Hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick. I just have to say this, and then you can move on. LeBron's proven he can do it by himself. I hate to be that person to say that, but it's true. When it came to the NBA Finals, I felt like the the what do you call it the the bubble chip. AD was present. Okay. He wasn't a part of that team. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he was. He wasn't a part of that team. Um. I'll even go as far as to say with the Cavs. When the Cavs won, I sat and I was like, you know what? LeBron won them that ring. No, I can't. No, 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 no. Hear me out. You had Matthew okay. Deladova, like bull rushing people, and you had Kevin Love with assistance and stuff like that. When I say win the team, the championship, I'm not saying joining forces with other superstars in order to hope to lose. When it comes to KD, history has proven that KD needs at least one superstar in order to succeed on his teams. In the NBA, can't speak to college. When I think about Oklahoma City, I think about Russell Westbrook. KD and them wouldn't have been KD and them and OKC without Russell Wilson figuring out that he could hold his own nuts. So there's that. Then he moved on to Golden State and we realized like, oh, Katie is what was missing. It's like, no, he wasn't the missing piece. He was the closer. He was the Strasburg of fucking, you know, Golden State. It's like, oh, you know what? The rest of them can pull back. All they got to do is just shoot and score the points. KD has to spread the floor. That's what it was. And they got those rings. That's a fact. When you look at Brooklyn, it was supposed to work the same way. Brooklyn's like, okay, we got Kyrie. We got um, Harden. And then we got him. Why is it not working? It wasn't work. It wasn't not working because of KD. KD was there, but we also have to realize like he had two other stars on the team. They are just head cases, just like him. That's why that didn't work. So KD has to be in a position where he's not the leader of the team. He's just the star of the team. Once that shit happens, that's the team that he needs to be on. So if he goes to Miami, yes, he's the star of the team, but he's not the best. I won't say not the best player of the team, but he is not the person that's the heart of that team. Every team that he's been on. Yeah, like when I think about Golden State, he, you know, KD wasn't the heart of that team. He was the closer on that team. When I look at Oklahoma City, I'm like, yeah, he was the 
star of that team, but everybody knows Russell Westbrook was the heart of OKC. If Westbrook ends up going back to OKC, we know why. He's going home. KD could never go back to OKC. He could never go back to Golden State. He can now never go to Brooklyn. KD's going to be that person that, yeah, he's good because he's considered one of the greats, but he doesn't have a home. He's essentially like, he can't be a Gary Payton. Yeah, he can't be a, you know what? Right there, Q. He, he's a fucking T.O. He's somebody who is great, but he doesn't have an alliance to some to one team. Like, every team can't retire that man's jersey because he played for them. It's like, no, he was here for a few years. Thank you. But, I mean, he didn't bring us anything. Like, yeah, we had KD for two seasons, Brooklyn. But what did he do for you? Nothing cool. So we ain't going to retire his jersey. When he comes to play us for the first game of the season, we're going to go and say, hey, thank you. We'll give him the welcome package. But, I mean, that's it. You, You didn't do anything. You didn't give us nothing. OKC can do the same thing. It's like, hey, you know, KD... Uh, you, you you did this, but we're gonna do the same thing to you that Kevin uh, Kevin Garnett got in Minnesota. It's like, thank you, but I mean, did you really do anything? So, yeah, like if he goes to Miami, he's still gonna be the star of that team. But everybody knows the heart of that team is gonna be Jimmy Butler. If he goes to Phoenix, God forbid he goes to Phoenix. I don't know who they're gonna keep at Phoenix for him, but if they if Phoenix manages to do that. Boy, um, wow. Can you imagine them having Kyler Murray and KD in Phoenix? Them, man, that state's not big enough for those egos. I'll tell you that now. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hope for the best, man. But KD, just honestly, I, I want him back home. I want him with the Wizards because it makes the most sense to me. They have the most money. Um, and you got Bill. Bill wants to win. Katie swears he wants to win, but he keeps going and you know losing. He needs a he needs to be on a team that has a losing mentality to realize like, hey yo, I don't want to be called a loser anymore. So let, let, I'll land there. Okay. All right. So we're just gonna um, move, so moving on. We're gonna talk some baseball, but we. Uh, really overstated on time, so we'll probably wait for next week, and it actually will make more sense because uh, we'll be going into the trade deadline. Uh, so we're going to table a uh, baseball discussion next week because it's been some developments over the past over the past week. Um, but we're going to wait for we're going to wait for next week to talk about that. So with that being said. It is the most covered section of the show, and that is the and that is the awards. And I have none this week. I have one. I have none. I have one. Go ahead. All right. Now you got to hear me out on this because I read about this last night. All right. Mm-hmm. My award is the Bill O'Brien, you know, you done fucked up right award. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it goes to uh, the developers who make robots to play chess. All right. <laughs> in, uh, in Russia, there was, because you know how people play against the robots. Uh, the, the, they program these robots 
to make chess moves, you know, against human beings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in Russia, they, they were holding a tournament of some sort or something like that. And, um, there was a seven year old boy that was playing chess against a robot. Well, I guess they programmed these robots to where when the robot makes a move, then you have like so many seconds, like I think it's three or five seconds you have to wait before you make your next move. Well, apparently (laughs) this seven-year-old little boy, the robot made his move and then the boy didn't wait the allotted three seconds and then quickly moved his piece. And the robot grabbed the boy's hand and broke his finger. Like, wow. I'm not necessarily sure if he ripped it off, but he literally just went over, grabbed his finger, bent it backwards, broke his finger. <laughs> wow. Like, um, why do you program this shit? Like, it, it, it just, I, I read that and I'm just like, are you kidding me? It's a seven year old boy. You just have his robot just break this dude's fingers, you know? Over a chess game. So, yeah, that's my award for the week. Okay, that, that is, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you, I mean, I just, I, I saw chess. I, I assumed it was somewhat of a sport, somewhat. It, I mean, it is. It is so, there it is. Wow. Okay, a robot breaking a seven year old's finger. That is, um, yeah, yeah. That that is that, that's, goofy. That's that. <laughs> yeah, that's that. There you go. All right. So, oh man, um, I don't have any this week. Um, there hasn't been no fuck battery shit uh, in sports, uh, in particular. Um, well, okay, I do. My forever award continues um, to go to, and this is also the bill of you know you fucked up fucked up right award. Because he used to go every week to Daniel Mark Snyder because he's a fucking imbecile mini, miniature jackass who won't sell the team. So that's mine for this week. This was a good show. This was a really, really good, it was a good episode. Uh, thank yes, you to everyone who tuned in live here on Stereo to the best to the best damn sports show on stereo, the Young Black and Modern Sports Desk. Uh, we are live every Monday, almost every Monday, yeah, every Monday um, here here on stereo. Um, again, starting time will be moving up after this week. Um, I will we will post the note on our social media um, on our social media pages, um, and I will also leave a voice memo here on stereo to let you know what the new time will be. Uh, like I said, it will probably be, some, probably be 7.30, 8 o'clock. Not sure yet. Haven't decided um, what time works best for all of us. Um, we'll be looking out for that soon. Um, again, um, thank you for listening to the Best Damn Sports Show, sports show on Stereo, the Unblack and Mother Sports Desk. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Father. You can follow us on that god awful platform called Instagram at Young Black Pod. And if you haven't noticed, I have changed. I went ahead and after 12, 13 years of having the same 
um, handle on Instagram. I finally went and changed mine. Um, I'm not putting it out there. You have to find out what it is on your own. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, not doing that. Um, So with that being said, we'll see you next week. Uh, Lou, Greg, appreciate you as always. Cashly. Appreciate you. you Thank you for pitching for Pam this week. Um, reason Pam wasn't on the show this week today is her daughter's birthday. So happy birthday to Pam's daughter. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, congrats, uh, well wishes on another year of, of life and happiness. Um, and we will see you next week. So long, everybody. Peace out. Peace out. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription.